pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. We have a ton to get into as we dissect the weekend, the weekend that just so happened to be week four of the National Football League season. And it's not too often where we get to talk about on a Monday, the Browns and the Bengals coming away with the W in the same weekend. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. The, the Cincinnati Bengals pick up their first win of the season. Joe Burrow throwing for 300 yards and a touchdown and a win over the Jaguars. One, two, and one. The record of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. Well, they kick off today at three and one. It's their hottest start through four games since 2001. It's quite a long time, Kev. It's quite a long 19 years ago. I was 11 long years old. Long time ago. Long time ago, man. Big win. Huge win. I can't do math. I was 12. I was 12. Huge win for the yeah, Browns. Yeah, it was absolutely huge. Very entertaining game, too. Uh, yeah, and to be honest, I, I really didn't know what to expect from that game. In fact, I think I know what led to the Browns getting a win over the weekend. It's because I picked them to lose. <laughs> uh, the Browns, more times than not, lose when I pick them to win. And when I pick them to lose, they win. So I should just pick against the Browns for the rest of the season and I might get the results that we want. Uh, we're going to we're going to go we're going to dive right into of course what we've learned uh, from each division in the National Football League. We will also uh, discuss everything that's going on in college football. Again, every week we get closer and closer uh, to the return of the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Big 10 season, uh, but we have another weekend of SEC, ACC, Big 12, a lot of good teams that don't look so hot right now and uh, we're going to get into that coming up around the corner. Earlier today, um, on the Keith Byers show, Leroy Horde, former Browns running back uh, with the Vikings and the Panthers as well. Um, of course, uh, he joined the Keith Byers show. They discussed the Browns and all the top headlines in the National Football League. They discussed Joe Burrow, so we'll also have that interview coming up for you around the corner. But let's open up. Browns, Bengals. Let's open up with the Bengals. Bengals uh, have a huge weekend. Um, I was very impressed with how they looked against the Jaguars. Now, uh, let me just say that, yes, it is the Jaguars, but uh, when you are two bad teams like the Jaguars and Bengals going head-to-head, someone has to win, someone has to lose, but the key to being a good team is by beating the bad teams. I don't think Cincinnati's a good football team, but I do believe they got a huge win over the weekend because they literally took that game from the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a, you watch two teams play, like I watched the Colts and the Bears last night. That was brutal. Yeah. That was brutal. The Jaguars and Bengals, that wasn't a brutal game. That was actually a fun game to watch. Joe Burrow is fun to watch. Joe Mixon uh, is, is quietly right now, when you look at the top five running backs in the NFL, at least from a statistical perspective, Kev, he's right up there. He's top five. I uh, had 150 yards on the ground yesterday. had two touchdowns um, right now. And, and look, this is what I was talking about, is relying on the legs of Joe Mixon in the run game um, and to balance it out, to not put it all on Joe Burrow. And it was a it was a very well balanced game yesterday. And for one, I love the fact that like AJ Greenland had like one reception on the night. But you look at the combined efforts between T Higgins and of course Tyler Boyd. I, I mean, 170 plus combined yards between the two over 11 you know catches between the two. You're starting to see the do. And this is what I talked about when the Bengals first drafted Joe Burrow is the fact that, and especially whenever they did sign Joe Mixon, the Bengals were in excellent shape, Kev, because they have their main core now moving forward. 
the offensive line is hopefully going to change over the next couple months, you would think. Okay, You're going to improve that offensive line, but the one thing you have to feel good about Bengals fans is the fact that Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, that's the core that you're going to have for the next three or four years, and that's the core right there that is already being, you know, they're already on display, not always in a winning fashion, um, but that's not because of those guys. That's because of all the other deficiencies on this roster. But you got to see when this team is clicking, when they actually do protect Joe Burrow, that this offense actually looks like a real offense, and that's what it looked like yesterday. Absolutely. They could have scored more touchdowns. Uh, the tight end had one in his hands that he got it taken away by the Jacksonville linebacker, so the Bengals could have won this game by even more. Uh, it was very good to see Joe Mixon break some runs. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been getting the carries, but he hasn't been able to pop any runs. He had a couple runs that he popped for over 20 yards, got him involved in the passing game as well. Joe looks good. He continues to look good. You know, swing passes out there in the flats to Joe Mixon. Uh, Get him involved, you know, more, like like you want. You know, it, it necessarily isn't just strictly getting him involved by running the ball, but getting him more involved in the passing game as well. You know, those short throws that are basically runs as well. So I like that. I like to see their performance. And like you said, we're, there's no mistake that Jacksonville isn't a good football team. But neither are the Bengals. So you got to win. And we talked about this on Friday saying these are one of the games on the schedules that, you know, as a fan perspective, you should win. You know, obviously they have the Browns again. They have the Ravens twice, the Steelers twice. You know, in all actuality, your best bet out of all those, maybe win one maybe get two two of those games and you'll be happy but this is a game that all Bengals fans expected to win they won joe continues to look good i was impressed all right Bengals fans four five seven nine four six four we will go ahead and open up the phone lines for your immediate reaction again a big win over the jaguars over the weekend as we talked about 33 to 25 we are live on facebook it is the justin kenner show with kev nash head to facebook search the justin kenner show on facebook you can like and follow along there all comments in the comments section we get to interact with you that way uh through the chat bar as well trey green on facebook says joe mixon got it done absolutely uh when you look at 25 carries 151 yards two touchdowns that balance right there is really what the Bengals are going to have to rely on. Now, look, we talked about, now you talked about those matchups coming up with the Bengals. The only concerns you have to have moving forward is the fact that the Jaguars have one of the worst, you know, pass rushes in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So the Bengals got to breathe a little bit. Joe Burrow got to breathe a little bit. It's going to be tough to breathe moving forward when you have still two with the Steelers, two uh, with the Ravens and and the Titans, and you have a a lot of teams coming up that are going to put on a heavy pass rush. Yeah, That's not, look, and people... You know, I'm bringing that up because we've seen that, hey, when you have a team that's not constantly putting pressure on Joe Burrow, what he's able to do. I, I have to say, he does not look like a rookie quarterback. Like, I, I mean, I keep hearing people say that, and I roll my eyes, but I'm watching him yesterday. He doesn't have happy feet, right. um, even as much as he's been hit already. People keep saying, oh, he's going to keep getting hit, and he's going to get happy feet, and, and then he's going to lose some of his fundamentals and mechanics. He's been hit more than anyone in the NFL this year uh, coming into that game yesterday, and he didn't have happy feet. He he didn't look like a guy that has, you know, constantly looking over his shoulder. He's going to have to learn how to do that at some point, right, especially with these teams coming up on this schedule. Uh, but at the same time, I really do uh, think that this kid, he doesn't look like a rookie. He is very poised in that pocket, and the Bengals better figure out a way to protect him. Um, you know, people talking about Redmond yesterday and the job that they did. I'm not going to give that offensive line any credit when you go up against the Jaguars. Uh, he only got hit once yesterday. That's great. But uh, you got some big games coming up. Now, I don't really care about the wins and losses at this point. Uh, the Bengals aren't winning a lot of games this year. I just care about them continuing to allow Burrow to grow from week to week. 
and not get injured and have a season-ending injury. I want to see him play in every game moving forward and continue to get better. And that's the one thing I do love about Burrow every week. He's taking a step forward, taking a step forward, taking a step forward. Then he gets knocked backwards on his ass. Then he gets back up and takes a few more steps forward. That's how tough the kid's been already to start the season. It's a tough four-game stretch for the Bengals at Baltimore, at the Colts, who have the best defense in the league stat-wise, then the rivalry game against the Browns, and then Tennessee. That's a tough four-game stretch. How many wins do you think they can get out of that four-game stretch? None. None. Not on one? The Colts, maybe, because I don't like the Colts' offense, but then the Bengals' defense is horrible. But, you know, yesterday the defense wasn't the worst. You know, Jacksonville, they got stops when they needed. Uh, you know, they gave it 25, but you know, whatever. We've seen Jacksonville put up some points in a hurry throughout the season or whatever. Mm. Defense is horrible across the board. Uh, when I say, you know, the Bengals' defense is bad, it's for one because it is. But, I, you know, I saw a stat coming into yesterday. I was waiting for the Browns and uh, um, Cowboys game to start, and it said that, you know, through three weeks, this is the most yards across the board, across the NFL. This is the most combined yards the most touchdowns and the most points given up in the first three weeks of the season. So when I say the Bengals' defense is bad, everyone else is bad too right right now. There's a lot of bad defensive teams in the NFL. Now, some of that is because of no preseason. Uh, You know, everything has been strange and not a lot of timing in the offseason. So who knows? But teams... Now we're a month in. We're going to do our what did we learn this week. We're going to be doing that coming up in a, in a minute. One thing I'm going to focus on there is just our team's getting better. Who's, who looks better after yesterday's week four matchups versus how they looked in week one? And uh, there's a lot of those teams, including the Bengals, who looked better yesterday um, after the way they looked last week in their tie against the Eagles as far as that. But, again, we'll open up the phone lines at 457-9464. Back to the Facebook comments. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, do 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 Trey Green, the Bengals didn't turn uh, into Atlanta. Um, you know, rookie of the year right now is Justin Herbert, according to Chad uh, Penrod. I, I mean, maybe I, I think that as long as the Chargers are going to be winning more games, and if Justin Herbert mm. to, continues to put up more stats, mm, this close, they were this close to getting that mm-hmm. win. Like, and I think that the Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, you know, assuming both guys play the rest of the way, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert might edge out Joe Burrow for that mainly just because he's going to have more of a chance to put up more you know better stats with it. I mean it's a better team. I think I he's think he's going to benefit from a better I team. I think Joe will put up better stats, but I think the Chargers will have more wins because the Chargers defense is that good and especially if they're hanging around that last playoff spot and they're able to get Derwin James back in that secondary as well. I mean they already got uh Ingram, they got obviously Bosa. If he comes back then they're going to be uh, a playmaker at every level of the defense. So I think that the Chargers, defensively-wise, that's why they're better than the Bengals currently. But I think Joe is in the front seat to be the rookie of the year, the way he's just playing. I mean, he looks great. Uh, David Shaw says 0-4 and Burrow will get hit on average 8-12 to 12 times uh, a game uh, as far as that goes moving forward. I, I mean, but look, hey, that offense, maybe Redmond, maybe, you know, they did take a step forward in the right direction. I had a question for you. I mean, you're not impressed with them going up against Jacksonville, but what do you think about confidence? Them actually executing the game and their young quarterback not being bludgeoned to death like he was earlier in the season. What do you go with confidence? Like, all right, we can do this. Oh, this confidence. I, the one thing I'll give that team, too, and they're delusional fans at times, uh, confidence isn't an issue with this group right now. Well, I mean, the fan like, base uh, this, is always confident. The, the fan, I, I mean, but like, everyone's the fans confident. fans ain't out there blocking. Um, everyone out there, I mean, the Bengals get beat. 
you know, every week heading into this and after every game, I mean, the fans were all content. The fans were happy. The players in the post games were outside of, you know, preaching about the importance of protecting Joe Burrow. They were, they were, confidence isn't an issue right now, but I think you're right, though. This win definitely gives them that confidence moving forward. They are the biggest underdog in week five, though, uh, 13 and a half points. They are a 13 and a half point dog with the Ravens uh, heading in. And that, and that doesn't surprise me at all. That doesn't surprise me at all. The Ra- that says more about the Ravens, to be honest with you, than it does anything about the Bengals. We know the Bengals aren't a well-equipped team right now. Uh, but, you know, this is going to be – this game I'm interested in, not because I think the Bengals are going to beat the Ravens, but uh, you'd be surprised. Sometimes these are those games where we don't give them a shot. And the next thing you know, we're in the fourth quarter in a tie game, and Joe Burrow has a shot uh, to kind of, you know, lament his legacy in his rookie <laughs> campaign, right? Like, so it wouldn't surprise me if something crazy like that happened. And all that goes back to what you just mentioned, confidence. That's going to be key, Kev. Confidence is big, man. I think we use the word confidence mainly in, in high school and football. And, and college sports, but I think it, it it reaches its head into professional sports as well. Confident, understanding, like, all right, we can do this. We're capable of doing this. We just show we were able to yep. do this. And, you know, baby steps. You know, I know you were a person that said, like, you think they should be able to get eight wins. I was more on the five, four or five win mark. But, you know, it's baby steps, all right? Last week you tied. This week you got a win, so it's time to build on that. So I think they can build on that. We talked about the next four-game stretch. If they can get that is tough, man. If they if they get two wins out of that, they're on their way in my book. Two of those wins, I don't think is going to happen. I think one win is more likely than not. But all right, what's more likely, one win or zero wins? Zero wins. Zero wins. No one win. I'm not sold on the Colts. I'm not sold on the Colts. The Browns have the Colts coming up this week. I know that the Colts have the number one defense uh, in the National Football League as far as that's concerned, and they looked good against the Bears yesterday, but I think that's just because, you know, it it is the Bears. Here's why I'm not, like, the Colts have the number one rated defense. No, they right. don't. The Browns are going to run all over the Colts come up this Sunday. <laughs> now, people are like, oh, that you're just being arrogant and cocky. No, I'm not. I'm coming off a week where I picked the Browns to lose. So, no, I'm not cocky when it comes to the Browns. I'm telling you that look at the Colts, Kev. They are 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. All right? They have the number one defense. You know why they have the number one defense in the National Football League? They just played the Jaguars. Yeah. They played the Vikings. Yeah. They played the Jets. And they played the Bears. That's why they have the number one rated defense in the National Football League. And you know what? They have the Browns coming up. They have the Bengals. I mean, their defense is going to continue to look top-notch moving forward because you do have the Bengals in two weeks. And let's be clear, the Bengals, from a win perspective, aren't going to look sexy. But even with Joe Burrow getting his ass handed to him, He's still putting up numbers. Yeah. You know, I don't like the fact that how much he throws, and they did wind that back a little bit, but I think the game, you know, again, they had a lead. You're running the ball more. I think that presented a, an opportunity to maybe not use his arm as much. But this Colts defense is going to continue to look better moving forward because you do have the Bengals. You do have the Lions, um, you know, and you just got done with the Bears. So this defense is going to look top-notch for the next couple of weeks, but uh, we'll see if the Colts, after they get done with the Browns, after they get done with the Ravens and the Titans uh, and the Packers coming up, we'll see. Well, I, I just, I'm not completely sold on the, the, the narrative being that the Colts are the best defense in the National Football League. I just think, again, when you talk about why, are the, why do the Colts have the number one defense in the NFL, they play the Jaguars, the Vikings, the Jets, and the Bears. That is exactly why the Colts have the best defense in the National Football League as far as that's concerned. David Shaw says the Colts will beat the Bengals by double digits. As far as that's concerned, interesting as far as that, I, you know, it's going to be, I, I'm just not sold on the Colts defense. So when you, uh, when Kev asked me about the uh, the Bengals' ability to potentially get a win coming up, I think that they... Engan, what's it, Enganyo or however you say his name is going, I mean, that whole team is, 
to me, they're tanking for Trevor. So they came into that game with one sack. So I'm still worried <laughs> about the Bengals' offensive line. We, we can't take too much from this game. Would you guys agree? Yeah, you, I think you could take a lot away from it. I think what you, to your point, though, and look, it was Ngakwe. I mean, they got rid of Ngakwe. They got rid of all their key defensive pieces, um, you know, over last season and this offseason. So you're right. As far as pa- pass rushing teams that the Bengals have faced, this is the one, the only team they face that doesn't have an elite pass rusher. Right. So that gave Joe Burrow a little bit of a breather yesterday. But again, the reason that I think you should still feel good about it, Chris, is because this is what the Bengals could look like if you actually give them some blockers. If Joe Burrow had time to throw, Tyler Boyd's game would take off, as will T. Higgins. I think A.J. Green will get comfortable as the season goes on. But as long as they're continuing to face the Ravens twice, the Steelers twice, you got another with the Browns and Miles Garrett, you got the Titans, that's where it's going to be tough. And that's not Joe Burrow's fault. That's not, you know, that that's the Bengals organization's fault. That is not Joe Burrow's fault moving forward. So still feel good about it, uh, but be very excited about Joe Burrow and the, the progress he's making right now. Yeah, I would feel good if I was a Bengals fan as well. I mean, you talk about Jacksonville only having one sack coming into the that game, but it would have been more alarming if they would have got five against you and say you would have lost. People would have been losing their mind. Like, they handled business. They won a game that everybody thought they should win. So I think it's just another step in the right direction, like I talked about before, with the, the tie. Unfortunately, you know, nobody really wants to tie, but they tied with Philadelphia, and that's one step. You didn't lose, yep. and now you got to win. So it's time to build on that, you know. We talk about this rough four-game stretch. I mean, I think Kenner's right. I think... The Colts are there for the picking. Like I just, I just don't believe in Philip Rivers. I just think Philip is just not the quarterback that he once was. And maybe, you know, with the way uh, Marlon Mack is out, um, obviously they're leaning on the rookie from Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, in the run game and everything like that. But they don't, they don't have that. T.Y. Hilton isn't the player he once was either. Like we think, like oh yeah, T.Y. Hilton's young. No, he's been in the league for like eight years now yep so paris campbell's out for like eight weeks that was their big home run threat on offense like i think that they can disguise everything on defense to keep themselves in the game so i think that is the game that they can win so i don't know if you guys seen it darius leonard went out yesterday with a growing injury he might not play sunday top-notch linebacker yeah. Well, hey, guys, we'll take them any way we can get them. Thanks for taking my calls. Right. Anytime, Chris. Thank you. That's right. Uh, and, yes, and like I said, I mean, I'm not taking away anything from the Bengals' win yesterday. That You have to win those because I right. said on Thursday or on Friday when we were doing our three and out, three reasons why we believe they will win, three reasons why we believe they will lose, I picked them to win because they had no choice. There's not a lot of winnable games on this schedule for the Bengals, and – a lot of Bengals fans felt good after, you know, the, the first three games of the season because Bengals fans aren't worried about the record right now. They just care about, okay, we have this new shiny toy in Joe Burrow. Is he worth anything? And they feel like, yes, he's worth an awful lot and for all the right reasons. But yesterday, not only did you get to see him take another huge step forward, it also resulted in a win. So that's a double win for the Bengals yesterday as far as that is concerned. Trey Green says, uh, you do have the Browns coming up. Again, talking about what's coming up in the Bengals' schedule, winnable game. You do have the Browns who played the defenseless Cowboys, and I've seen Trey's comments throughout this uh, feed here just taking shots. I've been very nice to your Bengals. <laughs> You're taking shots at the Browns. I think what this is, it's a little saltiness. You got your win yesterday, but all everyone was talking about is how the Browns have pretty much planted themselves as one of the top teams in the National Football League, and you're starting to not be able to handle it. Just relax. Just calm down. It'll be okay, because right now, I feel good about the Browns, but they have a lot of deficiencies as well that's going to catch up with them in the long run. And for once, Kevin, I disagree. You're defending the Browns. 
I'm actually attacking the Browns. So uh, we'll get to that coming up around the corner. More of your Bengals reaction. Browns fans, I want to hear from you. For the first time in 19 years, the Cleveland Browns have started the season 3-1. and one. And they took it to America's team yesterday. Mark. But just in typical Cleveland Browns fashion, they got a big win. But it also resulted in a huge loss. We'll discuss why when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Yes, I said one of the top teams in the NFL, Schrody. can't call uh you know we've had a ton of fun just kind of shifting this towards the social media side of things too like with everyone at work not everyone can pick up the phone and call so we interact with you this way uh all your comments in the comments section will be pulled in uh schrody did not like when i said the browns are one of the top teams in the nfl uh he goes on to say you know of course that let's calm down here maybe top 15 um, <laughs> hey as of right now four weeks in the browns are one of the top teams in the national football league you cannot uh, can't say that that's not true now i i just they're, they are, Kevin. They're doing it, and it's it's just it's not to my liking, and oh, I don't know why. Oh, my goodness, man. I don't know why. I just – it's because – by the way, the run game, you can't argue that. Um, the defense is, like, deceiving. Um, I think that the defense is trash, but I found these stats interesting because – and David Shaw, I see your uh, – I'm going to get to your thing in a minute, but the, the Browns PR staff, Dan Murphy, uh, Dan Murphy is part of the Browns PR staff, it says that the Browns are currently, uh, you know, first in takeaways. They've, you know, they forced 10 turnovers. They forced seven fumbles. And they also lead the NFL in, of course, 40, you know, uh, points off turnovers and 45 points and then also have a plus six turnover margin. Like, it, it reminds me, like, there's teams in basketball we watch all the time. Like, if you go to, to high school, like, for instance, you might argue that Trotwood, if you ever watch Trotwood play basketball, this is a stretch here, but just hear me out. If you ever watch Trotwood play basketball, would you, and you look at the stats, you hear at the time, oh, they don't play defense. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not true. Right. They they actually are using their defense to force you to play the way they want you to right. play because it's actually enhancing what they do at the offensive end. Right. So many times in in, in high school basketball. Again, I'm using high school basketball on a football conversation. Hear me out. High if school wa- basketball for the professional football league. Yep. Gotcha. So if you go to Trotwood and you watch, oh man, look, they're giving up. They're giving up layups. Look, they're not even trying to get back to the end of the floor because they play defense a little bit slightly different way. They're going to full court press you. Mm-hmm. They're going to trap you. They're going to you know trap you in the corners. They're going to use the sideline as an extra defender. They're going to make you uncomfortable and force you to turn the ball over. And if that means leaving you know the backside of your defense vulnerable for a skip pass to get an easy layup, they're going to do that. In fact, they almost are daring you to give up that to, to do that skip pass across the court because they're going to have that that rover that roamer in the back mm-hmm. that's going to go and you know basically like a free safety and pick it again. I'm not trying to be too weird here with the with the basketball analogy, but sometimes you would look at stats for a basketball team and say, man, they're bad defensively. Look at all the points they give up. Mm-hmm. Look at Cleveland. Look at all the yards that they give up. But then you look at, you know, for instance, to go back to the high school example, you watch Trotwood play. I'll never forget that year that they were beating teams by 90-plus, and I was getting irritated. I, I remember I say, oh, you can't beat teams by 90 and 100. There's, no, you can't do that. That's me. This team's not, they're not even playing defense. They're trapping the whole time. They're, you know, they're not even playing defense. That is the defense. Yes. The turnovers are the defense. There's multiple ways. There could be that suffocating defense that you don't let a team score, you don't let a team get a layup, you don't let a team get a three in basketball. And then there's the teams that they don't care if they give up high percentage looks, but they are going to force you to turn it over. They're going to force you to play it quick, play faster than you want. And that's what the Browns remind me of to a certain extent. I used a local example here, okay? Local. I'm trying to localize it. Live and local. Live and using a local example. That's what the Browns defense does. They're ugly. It's hideous. I, I literally want to throw my phone watching them 
can't play defense. But then I, I pulled these stats up. And I'm like, you got to be. You're right. They are a turnover machine. They force turnovers like you would not believe, and they're well coached too. The secondary is beat up as they are. Watch every time that they defend a pass. I mean, the way that they're coached on how to, it reminds me of Ohio State, and Denzel Ward is a prime example of this. You know, people don't like the way Ohio State approaches their secondary sometimes, even though they're the best in college football. You know, sometimes they turn their back to the pass because they're just reading the eyes of the wide receiver, and then, the, you know, when the eyes of the receiver light up, that's when they're putting their hands up and trying to swat and deflect. Yeah. That's what the Browns are doing. Um, it, it's not pretty. It's ugly. They're not even healthy at the moment, by the way. Every week, I mean, they have, I mean, half their starters on defense are out, and especially their secondary. Denzel Ward, what, you know, he's questionable almost every week. Um, you know, Delpit, they get him a rookie. They draft him. They can't even play him. He's out for the year. So the Browns defense reminds me of what I was just talking about from the basketball example. It looks ugly. It looks like they're giving up easy points. It looks like they're giving up easy yards. But, man, they are, they're physical. They hit you hard. Uh, and they're forcing turnovers. They lead the NFL in forced turnovers, forced fumbles. And not only are they getting turnovers, but they're taking it, turning it to points at the other end. That might have been a strange example. You know, I like the analogies. How far off am I on that one? Not far off. They get a lot of turnovers. But the thing about their defense is they have two playmakers. One is Denzel Ward, and the one other one is Miles Garrett. And you can get away with playing defense like that. They can win a lot of games playing defense the way they are because, like we talked about earlier, there's only really three teams in the league playing good defense right now. Normally, early in the season, we hear that old cliche line that the defense is ahead of the offense. Well, that's vice versa this year. The offense is way ahead of the defenses out there in the National Football League. Maybe it'll settle down further and further. We get into the season and guys get more comfortable and we already know that the most of the rules in NFL is set up for the offenses to have success and I mean you know you look at the teams that the Browns have already played I mean they played the number one offense in the league with the Cowboys who put up a ton of points they play the MVP with the Ravens opening week so you're gonna give up points that's how the league is you're gonna give up points and you give up yards but the thing that I really want to talk about with the Browns is there's six players on the team that deserve a perfect grade. I know this is the NFL and we don't give out like, you know, Buckeye leaves mm-hmm. on helmets, but every offensive lineman on the Browns Little team. Turd emojis. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He'll get that. <laughs> but the Browns offensive line, everybody on there should get a dog bone on their helmet. Outstanding. Everybody on that offensive line played outstanding football, opening up holes. I mean, I know Nick Chubb got nicked up, but they got a dude that was uh, bagging groceries, put up 90-something yards as well. So the offensive line was outstanding. Baker had a lot of time to throw. And the other five-star guy, OBJ. I know I'm the guy on here that talks about OBJ. Do it. it. Dropping passes. That's you applauding him. Today. Today, Uh, for sure. Fair enough. For sure. You got to give credit when credit is due. Uh, OBJ touched the ball seven times, scored three touchdowns. That's um, maximizing. That is yeah. insane. That is insane. Uh, also, so we just look at the touchdowns or look at the catches. Yeah, five catches for 82 yards, two touchdowns. The other three catches were for first downs. That is maximizing your opportunities. That's not dropping the ball. That's making a play. I mean, we could talk about the Cowboys for some strange reason, you squib kick. Uh, with three minutes to go in the game, uh, that was pretty dumb, and that set them up to do that reverse. And once he beat Demarcus uh, Lawrence to the corner, I said touchdown because they flowed everybody and they had it perfectly set up. 
by the offensive line. The offensive line are the stars of the Browns. I know it's not a sexy thing for people to be like, nobody's about to go out there and buy uh, number 78 jerseys. They want to get the 13s. They want to get the 6s. They want to get the Nick Chubb jersey. But the true MVP of this team is the five guys on the offensive line. They were outstanding. You got to give credit to that offensive line. That's the way their team's going to win games. I know you want to throw it all around the park. You want him to mm-hmm. be putting up Patrick Mahomes numbers and it to look sexy. But what looks sexy? W's. And the reason they're getting W's is because of that offensive line. From a QBR perspective, from a touchdowns perspective, from an efficiency perspective, Baker Mayfield's a top-ten quarterback, and that drives people up the wall. Um, my concern for Baker is, is okay, the Browns have been in games that they've been in control of. They've been in control of these games that they've won. Um, we saw Baker, how he looked against the Ravens. So I can't, like, that's why I hated that they opened up with the Ravens right off the bat, because I was going to be difficult for me to shake off what we see in that game, because I was either going to be the most obnoxious human being in the world if they would have beaten the Ravens after week one, or I was going to be very down on this team because sometimes it's like when you play ba- uh, bad teams, you start envisioning, okay, look at what they're doing against bad teams. Let's see what they could do against good teams. But when you start out against a good team and you look as bad as the Browns did in week one, it's almost keeping me from fully investing into what they're doing. But I don't care what anyone says. That Cowboys team, from an offensive perspective, mm-hmm. is one of the best teams in the National Football League. For sure. And what Cleveland's defense did to that team, and again, you're going to look at the final score, and Cleveland definitely eased up in that fourth quarter, which is what made them vulnerable. In fact, that's what made the Falcons vulnerable a few weeks ago, uh, and the Cowboys have had these big come-from-behind wins the last couple of weeks. For whatever reason, it takes three and a half quarters before they finally wake up and decide to play. I'm all in on the Cleveland Browns. I think they're one of the top teams in the National Football League. I don't know what the gap is between them and the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Ty goes to the franchise that has the most respect and has a four, you know MVP quarterback, Super Bowl quarterback, all that, but Cleveland has a huge opportunity here in two weeks to prove itself as to if they're the real deal. The Colts coming up for the, for the Cleveland Browns, they're actually a two-and-a-half-point dog. I don't get that. But they're a two-and-a-half-point dog. You know, Everyone keeps throwing around the Colts' defense, best defense in the National Football League. On paper, yes, but let's, if we want to live in the paper world, let's, let's remain on paper here and take a look at who they've played. As we talked about earlier, they've played the Jets. Uh, you know, they, they played, I mean, all bad offensive teams. Mm-hmm. They played the Jets. You know, so it's like one of those things where I'm not sold on the Colts. We'll find out if, this, if, the, if the Browns are for real um, coming up here in two weeks when they have the Steelers. I just hope that Stefanski, by the way, you talked about the offensive line be the real MVP. How about him? For sure. How about him? Because for sure. this, and I was telling you, we were talking about this before going on the air. I'm watching Cleveland, and for the first time in, in ever, for me, <laughs> I'm 30, okay? So I know the Browns have been around for a few years. This is the first time that I can think of where I've watched this Browns team, and they actually look like they... That, they're, that they are literally following through on orders. So they mm-hmm. are following through on a plan. They look organized. They look prepared. Even when things are getting a little botchy at times, it looks like, okay, our plan is not going the way we anticipated, but we have a plan. Last year, there was a lot of confusion. You had OBJ standing off by himself over here. Jarvis and all the receivers look confused. Baker would stand off by himself. These guys are together. They have invested. They have bought and all in. And I will compliment Baker on this. He has been the man everywhere he goes. He has been the face of everywhere he goes. He's used to being the man. He's used to being the guy that puts up big numbers. You know, Heisman uh, Trophy winner. Uh, you know, the face at Oklahoma. He was number one overall pick. And for the first couple of years, he was put up on a pedestal in Cleveland. And now, not only, I mean, because keep in mind, we could say all we want. Oh, it's not up to Baker whether he's that or not. Well, his attitude could have made this difficult. They could have transitioned to, you know, a long time. That You know, you could go find a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL to throw for 150 yards a game. There's a mm-hmm. lot of guys that'll do it, and they'll do it possibly better just based on track record. And Baker has invested into it. He's bought into it. And we keep hearing about oh, his attitude, his immaturity. 
out since his rookie year or the you know the you know the the preseason of, of his second year in the league. Baker hasn't said a word. He hasn't been cocky. The last dumb thing he did was talk about Duke Johnson's money. Mm-mm. Ever since the Browns were humbled, do you, uh, is there something after I'm forgetting? No, no that's yeah. it. That's it. So, I'm just saying, like, should have learned yeah. from uh, Donovan McNabb. Don't talk about another dude's money. No kidding. So, like, after that, that was the last dumb thing I can remember Baker doing because he has said all the right things since then. He was humbled last year. Um, it. I just don't trust this offense. Like, if they get down in a big game, what are they going to look like? Mm-hmm. What can Baker do? Baker hasn't thrown an interception in three weeks. They're three and zero in that time in that time span. So we'll see. Let's go to the Facebook uh, reaction here. Do uh, do 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 do. All right, there's a lot. David Kendrick says uh, Earl Thomas um, is a locker room cancel or cancer. I'm sorry, and this is going back to uh, I guess a conversation from earlier on in the chat feed uh, about you know uh, Kyle McGuire. I'm sorry. Says why don't they try to sign Earl Thomas? Um, you know he has issues, but so did Kareem Hunt. The issues are a little bit um, obviously. Yeah, different. Kareem Hunt is younger than he is. Younger, and <laughs> by the way, how about that? You lose Nick Chubb. Yeah, and they didn't miss a beat. Right. That offensive line. I mean, there's so many things to talk about with the Browns as far as positivity is concerned. Long term, you are without Nick Chubb for right. six weeks. That brings him back around the time of the bye week, the week after the bye week. We'll see. This is, this is. I, I view it as good news for the Browns. You got Kareem Hunt that you already locked up. So it's basically what Kareem Hunt did for Nick Chubb last season. Yep. And you got the young guy, D. Ernest, I want to say his name is, D. Ernest Johnson, who came in there and rushed for 95 yards. Uh, the third team running back rushed for 95 yards. You don't do that without a uh, great offensive line play. But I wanted to ask you, since this was the Kenner Bowl, you are officially a Browns fan now. But what do you think about your Cowboys? Because we have this talk about the Cowboys from time to time. What do you think? What do you think about the Cowboys? You give the Cowboys defense, and we're talking about them like we talk about the Chiefs. That offense is unbelievable. That offense is unbelievable. They, they, they're lulling. They're, they're, I don't like the job Mike McCarthy's doing as far as having them prepared for four quarters. But look at what Dak Prescott's doing. Look what Zeke's doing. Look what that offense is doing. If that offense has just a slight... When did Zeke become a fumbler? He's fumbled every single game this season. Yep, he has. And that's when did it, that you know, happen? It started last year, too. Actually, cited, I think it was um, that pen that he signed his big multi-million dollar <laughs> contract with. I think it hurt his arm because ever since then, it he has popped been, and it got ink right, all over his yeah. hands and now the ball is slippery. He, he, he shouldn't have had, had that popcorn. All right, we got a lot more reaction coming in. David Shaw says the Cowboys suck. David, the defense sucks. That offense doesn't suck. Like Dak Prescott's earning his money, he like, and it sucks because now we're talking, we're looking at the record and saying, "Oh, Dak sucks." Dak doesn't suck. I like Dak Prescott a lot right now, and you can ask Kev. I haven't been a Dak Prescott guy. I've found every reason in the book not to give him his money. If this de- if this team has even average defense, this te- like we're talking about Dallas the way we talk about the Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they have the Cowboys are the ones that need Earl Thomas. I mean, I would love Cleveland right. to get Earl Thomas, but how the Cowboys haven't moved forward with Earl Thomas is beyond me. That's the play for them. I think that's the play. He'll bring some type of energy to the team and some type of, you know, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, some in- intimidation factor. I mean, you look at that reverse pass that the Browns opened up the scoring with. He danced with Baker. The DN danced with Baker. If you go watch that highlight, he doesn't crack. That's an opportunity to crack the quarterback. Those are very few opportunities that defensive players have to hit the quarterback and without getting a penalty. He could have blew him up. He just danced with him, and Landry threw a bomb and hit OBJ for the touchdown. 
you know, put some type of pre- this is a wide receiver throwing a ball. Put some type of pressure on him, and maybe he throws a bad pass. But no, you as a DN, you just stand there in front of the quarterback who is five eleven and don't hit him with a chance a free shot to hit him. I mean, kudos to Baker for standing there like, all right, I'm gonna dance with you. You don't want to hit me, cool. I'll let my dude throw a touchdown. Uh, the Cowboys in trouble, man. Cowboys in trouble. You know, and it's interesting, too, because I'm looking at this, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you, you know, right now they are top five in touchdowns through the air. All right, offensively, top five in touchdowns. Uh, they lead the league in passing yards. Like that, So, so David, again, uh, he says, where'd it go? Uh, the, uh, David says that the offense doesn't move the ball when they face a decent defense. They, they lead the NFL in pretty much every offensive statistical right. category right now. Uh, and by the way, you asked when did Zeke become a fumbler. David did make a good point when he got fat. <laughs> when he got fat, as far uh, as that is concerned. All right, one more uh, comment on uh, Facebook real quick. Uh, where'd it go? Oh, uh, David says, uh, Hunt was not an issue in the locker room at Kansas City. Earl Thomas is a head case, and adding him to a young team is a bad move, in my opinion. Well, a lot of people said the same thing about OBJ, and sometimes it's about the culture that you're coming into. Normally, I wouldn't put the positive the word like I wouldn't put a positive spin on Brown's culture, but right now they're winning. They're buying into Kevin Stefanski's system, and uh, you know, on the field and off, uh, mm-hmm. you have a lot of egos on that team that For are sure. buying in. You know what I mean? Like they're they're buying in. That's and Kevin that, Stefanski, and that's, and that's, that's great. Huge. That's great coaching right there. You know, yep. you get a player like OBJ who people like us. NFL fans, the season is finally here. Touchdown! Get your pick submitted at WingAM.com. Click. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash, back with you here on a Monday. I hope all of you had a great weekend, and uh, I know a lot of you guys did. I mean, there's not really many Mondays where we've been able to come here and crack this mic and talk about the Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals coming away with the W in the same weekend. The only thing that could have made it better is had Ohio State been playing on Saturday, and they came away with a W as well, which that's always a given. V. That's always a given. A. I don't take it for granted. A lot of interesting. I mean, look, the overreaction. We talk about overreaction Mondays in, in, in the NFL. How about college football? All of a sudden, Lincoln Riley doesn't know how to coach. <laughs> People are all over. Do the teams that are going to make it through this season and make it to the college football playoff because there weren't, there wasn't any spring ball. There wasn't any vetting process in 707 drills. There was nothing. They were just like, all right, go home in March, show back up in August, practice, 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 game. And, I mean, it's kudos to the teams that are undefeated. But keep that same energy when your team kicks off. Because there's a possibility that your team may look bad. But it's also a possibility your team could look great. And hopefully the team that we root for looks great. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, look, uh, Kyle McGuire, by the way, says Lincoln Riley will be in the NFL soon. I thought Lincoln Riley, if there was a time for him to jump to the NFL, it would have been this past offseason. Not because they got beat down in the college football playoff. It was mainly because I thought his stock was going to be at an all-time high. I, I think other, outside of winning a national championship, I don't know if Lincoln Riley's stock will be any higher because you were coming off of three straight seasons where you had two Heisman champion, or Heisman winning quarterbacks and you had, of course, you know Jalen Hurts as a finalist. Um, you were in the playoff every single year. So like his stock was at an all-time high. The Cowboys wanted him. I'm very surprised that he did not make that leap because I thought that had he left at that time, 
he would have left college with the resume that would have been so attractive that had he gone to the NFL and failed, he would have been welcomed back with open arms that college football programs would have mm-hmm. been lining up out the door to acquire his services when he was ready to go back to college if the NFL didn't work out. You know, that's why I, I don't fault Nick Saban for taking a shot in the NFL. Right. He had already proven himself to be one of the top head coaches in college football. He tried the NFL. He knew, hey, if I have success there, great, I'll stay there. And if it doesn't work out... I'll be able to get any job I want coming back. And I think he did pretty good for himself coming back out of the NFL. Um, You know, you look at Pete Carroll with the Seahawks. If the Seahawks don't go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, if the Seahawks don't draft Russell Wilson, if, you know, if the Seahawks don't, you know, make a couple decisions here and there that turn the the fortunes of that franchise around, Pete Carroll, even with his shadiness and all, he would have been welcomed back into college football with open arms as far as I'm concerned. Let's not forget, Pete Carroll was... Not a good coach's first tenure in the NFL with the Jets. Mm -hmm. And then he blew up everything that happened at USC, and they won a lot of games, a lot of national championships, and parlayed that into NFL career. And they're balling right now. All right, what a weekend it was. What a weekend it was. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here on a Monday. Uh, just a reminder, we're going to announce after tonight our, our Frickers uh, Pro Football Pick'em Challenge. Uh, hopefully you got your weekly picks submitted yesterday. Uh, it was my best week. It was my best week. And uh, I did, I you know, I even though I... I I changed my pick at the end, Kev. You know how on Friday I picked the Cowboys to beat oh, the Browns. Goodness. At the last minute, I went in and changed the Browns to the Cowboys. So that did help me. That did help me. <laughs> Look at you. We have a couple more games tonight. How about that? The the Chiefs and the Patriots game, one of the most anticipated games of week four, ended up getting moved. Yeah. You texted me on Saturday, uh, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And uh, luckily, moved a couple pieces around. They'll play tonight. It won't be the matchup that we fully anticipated because right. no Cam Newton. Right. Um, but weirder things have happened. Where do things have happened? Yeah, I mean, they travel. They travel today from New England to Kansas Multiple City. Multiple planes, Multiple too. Multiple planes, buses, and everything like that. Uh, it's a strange time we're living in, and they're trying to make this happen. They're trying to make this NFL season happen. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. Baseball. We literally thought they weren't going to make it out of the first weekend, and here we are already in the second round of the Major League Baseball Baseball is still going on? Exactly. Oh. Not, for the, not for the Reds. It was oh. over before it started for them. Yeah, I gave up on Wednesday. <laughs> All right, folks. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming up. Uh, we talked Browns. We talked Bengals. I want to get back into a little bit more of the Bengals side of things, too, because let's discuss what did we learn from week four of the National Football League season. Sure, there's still two games tonight. But NFL Sunday yesterday was very entertaining. What have we learned? We are a month into the NFL season, Kev. What have we learned about each division in the National Football League? We'll get to that. Plus, we have the uh, conversation between Keith Byers and Leroy Horde, former Browns running back from his show earlier today. Great stuff there as they dissected the Browns' success here early on, as well as the success of Joe Burrow. That's all coming up. Hour 2, next. Catching up on bills or saving up for the holidays. We could all use a little extra cash this time of year. Hey, how does a thousand dollars sound? It's the ESPN Dayton hashtag. We want to get paid. All right, everybody, welcome back. Hour two. It is the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash right here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station 1410 Wing AM. It's the hashtag. We want to get paid cash contest coming up here within this hour. Not, not just quite yet. Coming up shortly. 
We have our next keyword. It's a chance for you to win $1,000. Again, it's the hashtag we want to get paid cash contest, whether it's, you know, betting on that big game coming up this weekend, whether it's bills you want to get paid, or, hey, holidays coming up around the corner. By the way, did I just hear that Halloween sounder? Yes, is that sir. That? Was that like, I mean, that was scary, yes, but, I mean, it really is scary. As bad as this year has been, it just keeps on trucking, man. Like, it's October. I turned 31 here in less than a month. Woo! What See? you going to do? A Zoom party? My my friends did that when they turned 30 months ago. You know, back when the pandemic was here. <laughs> it's over? Yeah. By the way, how about this? LSU announces changes to its game day COVID-19 protocols. Basically, they don't have any. Uh, <laughs> saying that uh, no CDC wellness checks, uh, which an LSU sp- spokesperson says is to increase speed of entry. Um, so, who can, well, you know, instead of making sure that everyone's good coming in, they're like, well, forget this. You know, this is taking way too long. You know what? Just do the old honor system. I heard that's what we do nowadays, by the way. Yeah. The old honor system. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, it's going to increase speed of entry and reduce buildup in lines. And, uh, well, the, this is where it becomes really important here. The return of alcohol sales. There you go. That's where Now, that's where the real money and, and experience is at, as far as I'm concerned. So, hey, there you go. There's a picture floating around on Instagram that a Browns fan was at Cowboy Stadium. Of the guy the just game, sitting there by himself. And he had, like, about, I don't know, about 12 Miller Lights. <laughs> Living your best life. That was the case. You said, you said the Browns fan, right? Yes. I'm going to find it. That, I'm going to find that, it. That so was a good day. It. There was another picture of a gentleman just sitting by himself just with this little smirk like, oh, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting <laughs> for this. It was a weird game. Like, I'm yeah. going to tell you, like, okay, when the Browns officially signed OBJ, it took a season and a half. Well, no, it's more, less than a half, but it's taken a season and a month to get that first OBJ moment. It yeah, like yeah the Jets, the the slant route, the eighty yarder against the Jets. That was a moment, and then we had but like yesterday just seemed like, but that was a moment. This was a game. Like it make somebody fall. Like I think that's fair. Um, I know I am a big critic of him, and I'm very tough on him. But you know, considering that the team is winning, and that is the most important thing to do is to win the football game. Expectations for him is to stay locked in and create those wild moments when they present themselves in. Yesterday, he presented himself in a major way. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. The Browns are going to have to improve defensively. I know we talked about the Bengals. Can uh, he play cornerback? Yeah, they're going to need something. By the way, I will say this. That pass from Jarvis Landry, I don't think we're focusing enough on just how accurate. I mean, it was the most hideous. It was like a Tim Tebow-looking throw. Lefty. Uh, It was a Tim Tebow-looking throw. I mean, the same the same angle that Tim Tebow threw, too. I mean, but the accuracy, man. Like, the, they put the little liner on it and everything, and it literally, it was just right into the, you know, just right into the hands. They it was a, it was a beautiful before. throw, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, like, so Freddie Kitchens tried running these little trick plays last year, but what, you know why I love Stefanski, and you know why I know that he knows what he's doing? It took four weeks before they even attempted something like this. Like, week one. Did they do it in week one? Yes, fake punt. No, that don't, I don't count that. That's, that I don't count that. Huh? I don't count that. How come? Because the fake punt, like, you you were already down against the Ravens. Like, you had to try something different. I don't count that. I mean, like, how many times did Freddie Kitchens and the Browns last year when they were in a game? Flea or, flicker. And they try something. Stu- yeah, the, the flea flicker especially because they fumbled <laughs> on almost everyone against the Patriots. In fact, the Browns have a lead against the Patriots late in that game last year if they don't do that dumb flea flicker coming out of halftime. Like, he always tried to, like, be, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to outsmart them. We're going to. I bet you Bill Belichick never seen a flea flicker before. We're going to flea flick this thing. And it, it turnover every time. Like, it, it drives me nuts. This is just a very well-coached team. I don't know how far this team is going to go, but I did look at their 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 roster, their schedule. 
the 12 wins are there. <laughs> now, will you walk through it with me and, and hear me out? It's really like you're you're laughing, but it's really like no, I looked no, no, at it today. I'm laughing because every time I brought up the reminder of 12 and 4 prior to this game, you would get, yeah, well, you know, we got to see. Well, we do. I'm not but saying now that we got sure, this but... precious win to make you 3 and 1. You're back to talking twelve and four. I've stuck to my twelve and four though, every <laughs> week. I have stuck to. I mean, I'm a little. I'm, yes. I'm still. This Browns team still makes me uncomfortable. But look, look what's coming up. If you are the Cleveland Browns, so you're sitting at three wins. I predicted twelve on the year. Mm-hmm. It's not that far. Like they can, they can go twelve and four, Kev, and still not beat the Ravens or Steelers at all. Like that's the thing. So here's what they have coming up. All right. So after their matchup, of course, right here with you know with the Cowboys, they have the Colts. I, the Col- everyone's talking about the Colts' defense. Again, the Colts' defense has not played anyone of significance at all, period. Um, that's just my takeaway on that. Now, they do have the Steelers next week. but So, in the next month, they have the Colts. That's a winnable game. Steelers. I still think Steelers are winnable, but I'm not. I'm, not, I'm going to put it. I'm, that's a loss. I'm saying that the, the Browns will lose at Pittsburgh in two weeks. They beat the Bengals. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Texans. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Jaguars. That's nine wins right yeah. there. The Titans, I have them losing, but they could beat the Titans, but I'm having them losing that game. Then they have the Giants and the Jets. So that puts you at 11 wins. Now, it's going to be tough to get to 12 because here's what's going to happen, Kev. I think they're going to get to 11, and here's why. They're going to beat a team that I don't think that they should, and they're going to lose to a team that I don't think they should lose to, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. But if all goes as I mean, like right now, the Browns, with the way that they are playing, with the run game being the focus, with that offensive line especially, with the way Kevin Stefanski's calling plays, the way Baker Mayfield has bought into his role, the way that Baker Mayfield has been able to throw for 150 yards and OBJ has still been able to put a thumbprint on multiple games already in this you know infancy stages of the season, that's big. The, you know, the Browns defense I don't think is that great, but they're number one in takeaways and they're number one in points off turnovers. They're number one in forced fumbles. Like They're doing a lot of things right now and they don't even ha- they're not even – at full force yet. They're not even fully healthy on the defensive side of the ball. They're only going to continue to get better. So, I like I don't think it's that far-fetched to expect them to beat the Raiders, the Texans, the Eagles, the Jaguars, you know, the Jets and Giants especially. But you have four games that I have chalked up as losses that they're going to have to win one of those four to get to 12, and that's you have two or you have two with the Steelers, mm-hmm. one with the Ravens and the Titans. You have to win one of those games. And I'm not going to be comfortable picking them in any four of them. But for the Browns to convince me that they are a legit playoff team and they're going to get to the playoffs as of if they if they're on pace to, you got to beat a Steelers team. Yeah, you got to beat a Titans team. All right, you, you know what I mean? Like you got the Ravens. That's a big. That's a bar that's pretty high. All right, you know. But you know, you got to you got to beat one of those teams. I think they they could split with Pittsburgh, but I'm very I'm very weary saying that. I, I'm not ready to pick them beating Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh in two weeks. I just I don't know if I can go there. I think they'll split with Pittsburgh. They could, I mean, like I said last week, we still haven't seen Big Ben get rocked. We haven't seen him been hit, and he's only on court to one deep ball a game. You know, so I want to see Big Ben be able to take a hit again. And be able to make that deep pass again consistently before I'm ready to really buy in that Big Ben is back. Fair enough. Because I mean, Big Ben is old too. Just like Phillip Rivers is old. Just like Drew Brees is old. Just like Tom Brady is old. I can't just say, like, all right, Ben is back because he's been uh, completing, you know, slant routes to Juju and everything like that. So 
I gotta see it. I gotta see him perform. So a Browns performance would make me believe. That's why I was so upset that this game got canceled this week versus the Titans because I knew that was gonna be a big matchup not only for the Steelers but like Big Ben going forward because I know he's gonna get hit in that game and I know it was gonna be opportunities to take shots downfield versus them. But to no end, it wasn't happening because the Rona. So I brought up the Raiders game. Uh, Josh Nichols says, I don't see the Raiders as an easy win for the Browns. Josh, I'm going to meet you uh, more than halfway here. There's For the Browns, there's no such thing as an easy win ever. Uh, but uh, what is it about the Raiders that concerns you? Uh, I respect the, like, the Raiders are one of those tweener teams where mm-hmm. they could beat anybody and lose to anybody on a given week. They're just, you know what I mean? There's just something, they're just... They're oddly constructed right now. Where's that game at? It's uh, that, That's what David Shaw just said. Where's the Raiders game in Cleveland or Vegas? It's in Cleveland. So I think that, that <laughs> you know. But even if it was in Vegas, there would, it would be in front of no fans. So right. that's why I don't really get too caught up in the home and away Especially aspect of season, it. Yeah. Um, but it is in Cleveland where there will be some fans. So I think that goes. That offensive line, Kev, it's not, I'm not even being cocky about this team because of Baker. It's just strictly because of that offensive line yes. and the coaching right now. Like, and none of those other teams and the Jaguars and the Jets and the Giants. And it's an easy schedule. The Browns, I told you this two weeks ago, had the easiest strength of schedule remaining for the year. Crazy. So people can spin that on me and say, oh, well, that's why they they went 12-4. and four. But the Browns don't win the, last year. They had the, the easiest strength of schedule for the final eight games of the season. And they actually played worse in the second half than they did the first half. <laughs> don't make excuses for yeah. winning games, man. This is the NFL. It's tough to win games. So... You know, kudos to everybody out there that's winning football games right now because it's the NFL and it's not easy to win football games. Shaw says uh, Big Ben got rocked uh, in the Giants game and completed a ball to Juju over the middle. Ben is back. David, I don't even know what fan he is. He's not a Bengals fan. No, he's not a Browns fan. I'm just curious. Shaw, what fan are you? Are you I, I had to guess Pittsburgh. But you're not convinced. By the way, I'm so disappointed about um, so disappointed about. Pittsburgh, by the way, the game with the Titans. Me too. Because you're right, that would have been the big one. That that's been... the game. I mean, both teams are three and old. Uh, I mean, Derrick Henry, uh, last year's leader rusher in the NFL, going up against the number one rushing defense in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now that game has been basically pushed back to I forget when they pushed it back. I want to say like the first weekend in November. So that game's already pushed back. So it's just it kind of puts a damper on that game because it was one of those ones that you marked on your calendar to say, all right, if both teams are three and oh, this is. You know, who's that third team? Yeah. Who's the third team in the AFC? Is it Tennessee? Is it the Steelers? Because we know it's KC number one, and everybody assumes that number two is the Ravens. But who's that third team that they want to look out for? And the winner of that game was going to come away with those bragging rights. So now, you know, since that matchup didn't happen, I I, I will have to go by my quote-unquote power rankings to say, well, Tennessee is still in that spot. And, you know, the fourth team is either the Steelers or the Browns. Hmm. Going to be interesting here in the coming weeks. Do we still, uh, who we have? Uh, we got Dickie on the line. Dickie! How are you, buddy? Oh, no. Dickie, call that. back. We'll get you back on right away here. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Let's do a little. What did we learn? We're going to extend this segment just a tad. What did we learn one month into the season? What did we learn after week four? All right, then you look at, you know, right now when you take a look at the standings as far as that's concerned, I mean, right now, what did we learn? It's been an interesting first four weeks of the season as far as that is concerned, um, and there's a lot of takeaways. Like, for instance, when we came into the year, we knew that the AFC North was going to be the most interesting, the most intriguing conference uh, in the National Football League, and right now, as we take a look at it, it's definitely lived up to the hype as far as that is 
concerned. But let's take a look right now. Again, when you look around the National Football League, when you look at each division, a lot of interesting storylines developing in each and every one. So when we come back, Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on a Monday. What did we learn from each division? The AFC East, the AFC North, the, you know, the, we look at the NFC, the AFC North, all of that. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash when we come back. What did we learn? That's next. It's Stephen A. Smith, and everyone knows my feelings on Cowboys fans. But really, Justin Kenner, you're a Cowboys fan and a Browns fan? Good Lord have mercy. I don't know what the hell to do with y'all. I really don't. Back to the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. All right, the Buckeye Roundtable returns tonight immediately following the Justin Kenner Show. And uh, when you start hearing programming like that, I mean, that just, I mean, you got the chill in the weather outside. The leaves are turning colors. Foot, college football, NFL, Buckeyes will be back here in a few weeks, but tune in uh, to Paul Keels and the guys from the Buckeye Roundtable Show coming up 6 o'clock, 6 to 8 every Monday. Uh, also the Ryan Day Show on Thursdays at noon. That's going to be kicking off later, the, uh, later this week as well. Um, so things are starting to get back to whatever normal can be here in 2020. Uh, so uh, any grouping of wins is a huge deal. Um, but this feels different. than I mean, they've gone through little mini stretches the last yeah. couple of years where they've experienced some wins, but this just feels different. Uh, they have an identity. Uh, and they, it's the same team every week. They come out and they, they run the same thing every week. And you know who they are. You know what to expect. And right now we're looking at a schedule wondering who can stop their strong their attack versus, oh, well, will the Browns be able to do it against this team? They have good teams left on the schedule, but a lot of W's uh, will present themselves, hopefully, if they keep it up. Yeah, I think they got a chance against the Colts, don't you? Yeah, they're the underdog going in by like two and a half points. I think that line's going to fluctuate uh, th- more throughout the week. I'm a little taken back by that. I don't think the Colts' defense is as good as what yeah, uh, it is yeah. on paper. They haven't played really good offensive teams. They've played the Jaguars. They've played the Bears. They've mm-hmm. played the Bengals. They've played some just not very good offensive teams. Now, the Bengals offensively, numbers-wise, aren't the worst. Just that offensive line. Um, I mean, I'm just not too – I'm not buying in is all I'm trying to say. Not, they, have, they have not played the Bengals. You know I, I lied. Think. They have not played the Bengals. My bad. They have the Bengals coming up down – you know, but anyways, we'll get into that later. But I think the Bengals are going to win a couple more games away. Joe Burrow's playing, don't you? Absolutely. They got a block for him. Yeah, they got a they block. They got a block game, for him. This is interesting, you know, and, uh, you know, over the years, it's it, it's been kind of funny. I told you that, um, you know, on uh, Monday night, I got a chance last week. There was not a lot of callers, but they had the red zone. Uh-huh. And I talked to Jimmy, Doug, and uh, Tony Grozy. Oh, yeah. You told me that when you called in last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, they were just, they always say Southwest Ohio is so well represented by Browns fans. Yep. They always bring you up whenever I talk to them. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're they're quite a, you know, uh, yeah, I've, you know, they always ask about their fans, don't they? Oh, absolutely. You're one of their favorites. But, Dickie, any, you think they get a win this week? Yeah, I do. And I think, you know, the Bengals are going Baltimore. It might, you never know. I think it'll be a close game. I, where do things have happened? It is 2020. Dickie, mm-hmm. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Uh, no, the Colts, not the the Bengals. They have the Bengals here in two weeks. Uh, but the the Colts off or the Colts defense that everyone is just losing their mind over. Uh, <laughs> they've played the Jaguars, uh, who just lost to the Bengals, of course. But they've beat the Vikings, one of the worst offensive teams in football. They beat the Jets, one of the worst offensive teams in football. And the Bears, who were undefeated. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't. I mean, that's such a weird scenario where you're an undefeated team making a quarterback change because of how bad your offense has been. And Nick Foles, you know, Keith Byers earlier today said, hey. Nick Foles did some great things for his former Philadelphia uh, Eagles team. He loves Nick Foles. He loves the Eagles. But he said 
He's a bullpen guy. You know, he, mm. <laughs> he, he compares it to a bullpen guy. He, he's not a starter. He's a bullpen guy. Uh, and that that was proven yesterday. Man, that was an ugly game. That Colts-Bears game was brutal. Man, Absolutely I didn't see brutal. any of it. Thank goodness I didn't see any of it. You I kept saw it on the, uh, the bottom ticker. And I was like, I'm not turning that game on. I'm going to just keep watching this game. I couldn't do it. I was watching, what, the uh, Buffalo and the Raiders. That's the game I was watching. Well, that's a good place to start. What did we learn here after four weeks into the NFL season? We could finally dive into this as far as that is concerned. What did you learn after the first four weeks of the NFL season? Let's start in the AFC East. What have we learned about the AFC East? This was an interesting division coming in. A lot of storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're number three for Sam Darnold and the Jets, and you thought they would take a step forward. You have the Dolphins, uh, who draft to attack of Iloa, which, by the way, there's talks of you know the, the Dolphins have not named their starter for this week's matchup against the 49ers. It could be two at time. The New England Patriots, that's a team that, you know, for the first time in, in decades is without Tom Brady. How good would they be without Tom Brady? And then the Buffalo Bills, who made the playoffs last year, Josh Allen knocking on the door, being the second-best quarterback from that draft class two years ago that featured Sam Darnold within his own division. He's right now knocking on the MVP conversation yeah. door. The Buffalo Bills, what we have learned have we learned that the Buffalo Bills are for real? Are the Buffalo Bills for real as they are 4-0 and a month into the season and in first place in Tom Brady's old division? Yes, they're for real. I learned the importance of having a number one receiver. You know, the weapons that Buffalo added for Josh Allen last year were Beasley and Josh Brown. Very good receivers. Good receivers. NFL receivers. But they're not number one receivers. Stephon Diggs is a number one receiver. Yep. And when you have a number one receiver like that, that caliber of receiver... You don't have to be pinpoint accurate because Josh Allen isn't pinpoint accurate, but he has a big arm. And now you got that number one receiver. You're seeing that offense really open up in the passing game, and they're running a lot of zone read now because Josh Allen is very athletic. So I learned that the importance of a number one receiver for a young quarterback, and they got him one. Absolutely. I mean, and that they've been fun to watch. And it's not just that they got him one too, like. Sometimes getting an elite wide receiver doesn't ultimately make a quarterback take a step in the right direction. Look at the Browns with OBJ last year. It's about having the right coaches in place. And Buffalo, that's why they took a step forward last year. Like the, What people were expecting from Cleveland last year is what Buffalo did. Right. And it's Buffalo had the better coaching. And now they have a year up on that. Imagine what the Browns could be doing a year from now, too, once they build on what they're accomplishing this year. The Bills have taken that right step, and they're winning games. They, they, you know, I'm excited about what the Bills in this division is going to look like moving forward, especially if you have Tua and Cam Newton, and now Josh Allen. What was once the most boring division in football is very similar to the AFC North. A lot of great quarterback play. I like Sam Darnold too, but the Jets are just—they are so bad that you're not even able to focus on him. They might ruin his career if they're not dumpster careful. fire. And I'll keep on talking. I saw Greeny say this, talking about Sunshine from Clemson. Yep. Trevor Lawrence consider staying at Clemson if the Jets get the number one pick. Or yep. considering pulling a Eli slash John Elway. And that's what I was talking about a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to a team like that, man. I'm just not. They are terrible. Terrible. And we talk about Sam Darnold's career is in jeopardy. This is why. Because y'all don't know what y'all are doing at all. It looks very bad. Very bad for Sam Darnold. And, you know, it's no fault of his own, man. Like, the organization from the top down is just not good. 
All right, let's stay in the AFC. The AFC South. We're playing right now for just tuning in. Justin Kenner, Kevin Nash with you here. Listen, stream, watch, listen at 1410 Wing AM. Stream at wingam.com. Head to Facebook, though. Search the Justin Kenner Show. Like the show. Follow along and watch it weekdays from 3 to 6. Right now, we are going through each division in the National Football League after four weeks. Again, still two NFL games tonight, Monday Night Football. But what have we learned about these divisions a month into the season? Let's uh, take a trip to the AFC South. What have we learned about the AFC South as the Tennessee Titans remain undefeated at the top? Again, their game with Pittsburgh postponed due to the COVID outbreak. Every, I mean, large numbers of players were p- testing positive mm-hmm. this morning. Right. Uh, the, after three straight days of large numbers of players testing positive for the first time today, no players tested positive. So it looks like they're going to be able to, you know, as long as they repeat it tomorrow, they'll be back on track to report back to the facilities and have their week four match or week five matchup coming up later on. They're three and zero. The Colts at three and one. The Jaguars one and three, and the Texans at zero and four. I don't. I, I'm very surprised by the step backwards that the Texans have taken record wise. I knew that they're not as talented as in years past, but they're zero and four. They're having issues with their head coach as well. The Jaguars that they are who we th- figured they were going to be. Mm-hmm. They released everyone. They're supposed to be bad. The Colts, I can't put a finger on who they are, but the Titans, we know they're for real. We know what you get with their offense and the defense. They're what the Cleveland Browns are trying to be. I just think the Titans are a better version than the Browns because they. I think they're equal offensively. Defensively is where the Titans separate themselves from Cleveland out of the AFC North as far as that's concerned. What's your feel about this AFC South division? feel about them is that Tennessee is going to moonwalk into the playoffs. We look at what's going on with Jacksonville, looking like they're tanking for Tua. Look what they're going on with Houston, Texans. I mean, they're 0-4. I love Deshaun Watson, but it's not only his fault that they're losing games. It's the coach's fault. It's the defense's fault. It's a lot of fingers to point at down at Houston, and they're not going to make the playoffs. The Colts, I just don't believe in the Colts. I think that Tennessee is going to easily make the playoffs, and they're going to be in a prime position because the competition around them is not that good. Yeah, that division, not the sexiest division as far uh, as that is concerned. It's not very interesting either. It's a very boring division. The quarterback play is boring. Uh, I mean, Tannehill is boring. Uh, Phillip Rivers, just, I mean, it's not, it's, he's not, yeah. Um, In Jacksonville, you have Minshew, the the mustache thing was cool. The two most exciting quarterbacks play for the two worst teams in there. I mean, you know, Minshew has the mustache and he got the jorts. He's a very exciting player, but he's just not the guy that, you're going to be like, all right, we're going to build this franchise around where he's going to be our number one guy. He's He is, like I talked about last week, he's Fitzpatrick. He's a serviceable quarterback. He's going to be in the league for a very long time, cashing checks. NFL, salute him. But he's just not the guy that's going to be there long term. And then the most exciting guy in the division, he's always getting hit. And you know what? We talk about the Bengals offensive line. The Texans offensive line has gotten a lot better uh, with Larry Tunsil and everything like that. But Deshaun Watson still gets hit, so some of those hits are on him as well. Get rid of the ball, man. Slide. You're gonna you're getting banged up because you're not getting rid of the ball fast enough as well. So it ain't always on the offensive line. Texans are in a world of hurt, man. All right, we'll stay in the AFC. The AFC West, Kansas City 3-0, no surprise there. Uh, this division outside, that you take Kansas City out, it's another very boring division. I think that uh, you look at the fact that the, the Raiders, they're 2-2 two two, uh, a month into the season. John Gruden makes them interesting, mm-hmm. but, you know, their quarterback, Carr, I feel like we've seen this movie a lot now. I mean, he, he's just, 
He's an okay quarterback. He's not going to, you know, I don't think he's going to be a guy that leads you to a Super Bowl. I don't know if you could win a Super Bowl with him. There's a reason that there's always questions at quarterback every year for the Raiders, especially since Gruden got back. But the Chargers with Justin Herbert's interesting. The Broncos have been worse than what we anticipated. A lot of people, including you, had them as a, maybe a surprise team to look out for here in 2020. That's not the story here a month in. Kansas City is winning this division. There's no doubt about it. It's just how good are the Raiders and how good can Justin uh, – uh, I'm sorry, uh, losing my mind here. Uh, Herbert. Herbert. Justin Herbert. How good could Justin Herbert be in his rookie campaign? Outside of that, this division's a wash. It's Kansas City's. Off we go. Yeah, I caught some of that game. The Chargers and Tampa Bay. Herbert looked good. Um, the things that they're doing with him – they're using those big receivers. You know, Keenan Allen's a big receiver. Mike Williams is a big receiver. They're using those guys to his advantage. He's a big guy as well. So they're using a lot of jump balls, a lot of back shoulder throws, and he's a lot more accurate than I remember him being at Oregon last year. So I, we might have one. We might have a, a pretty solid quarterback out there with the Chargers. All right, and then uh, one more time as we close out the AFC. What have we learned about these divisions so far four weeks, one month into the season? The AFC North, I've tabbed this conference as being the most entertaining, the most interesting division in all of football, and that includes the NFC side where you have a division where you have Drew Brees and Tom Brady playing in a division. This is the most interesting division in all of football. You have a team at the bottom in the Bengals at 1-2-1. One, and one. Not a very good football team, but Joe Burrow makes them must-talk about you know, they're, they're, they're a must-talk-about team because of Joe Burrow, because of the way he's approached this season. He doesn't look like a rookie. Uh, if, the, if the Bengals only would have spent maybe just a fraction of that $160 million in the offseason on an offensive line, the Bengals would look the way they did against the Jaguars. The Jaguars have zero pass rush. They're not a good defensive team. They didn't put any pressure on Joe Burrow. He was sacked once. That's a good thing. He needed an off week of being just thrown <laughs> around like a rag doll. But look how good this offense could look when you actually give Joe Burrow time to run the offense. I think that's what's most deflating about this season is it's not that this team doesn't have talent. They have talent. But the ownership focused on every other position group except the one that mattered the most which was offensive line but they're interesting i find the bengals very interesting even at one two and one you have cleveland three and one for the first time in 19 years their best start four games in three and one baltimore's three and one they're interesting they have lamar jackson the you know last year's mvp now back to the famous wing studios here's justin kinner and kev nash all right head to wingam.com it is time to reveal our winning word for the espn dayton's hashtag Tag, we want to get paid cash contest. Head to wingam.com and enter the keyword cloud, C-L-O-U-D. Enter the word cloud, C-L-O-U-D, at wingam.com. Enter it for your chance to win $1,000. 18 times a day, once an hour, we will reveal the winning word for that hour, Monday through Friday. It's the ESPN Dayton hashtag, we want to get paid cash contest. All you got to do... Well, yeah, you get paid. It's free. All you got to do is just, you know, spend a little time heading to the website, entering the keyword at wingam.com. Also, while you're there, enter the keyword at wingam.com. A little bit, well, Stidham, too, uh, he was hurt during camp, and they said, you know, at, at the beginning before he got hurt, he was taking part in a lot of first-team snaps, right. too. He was basically the second-string quarterback. And then when he lost some time in camp, Hoyer took over. The season started, and basically the kind of the death chart just kind of stood as is. So Stidham will be the, the backup quarterback, technically, tonight. But Hoyer is getting the start of veteran quarterback. Patriots-Chiefs tonight at 7. The Falcons and the Packers on ESPN. ESPN pushed that game back. It's now at 9 p.m. Yeah. That just was announced. A 9 p.m. kickoff tonight. A little bit of a late one. 
Uh, but hey, you know what? Uh, it's all about the, the ratings. And uh, at 9 o'clock tonight, Packers uh, and Falcons. All right, so that's an NFC matchup right there, and that's what we're going to talk about. We talked about the AFC as far as what we've learned from the AFC during the first month of the season. What about the NFC? That's where we are going to get started here as we close out the second hour. Let's start with the NFC West, Kevin. The Seattle Seahawks 4-0. and They are who we thought they were. Uh, one of the, you know, Their defense is not – in fact, this is probably – one of the worst defenses that oh, Seattle man. has had since, you know, uh, Russell Wilson got there. Oh, this is definitely the worst. This is probably the worst defense the Seahawks have had since the Steve Largent days. Yep. <laughs> like, I mean, these, dudes, these dudes are giving up points left and right. Jamal Adams is out for a couple more weeks, the, the big safety that they traded for from the Jets. Uh, but Russell Wilson is out here showing his butt, man. The whole term now is uh, let Russ cook, and that's exactly what he's doing. But don't sleep on the Rams. Um, you know, we talked about it going into the season about ESPN had the Rams rated so highly and everything mm-hmm. like that, but they're currently sitting at three and one. So they're right there. Uh, San Fran's dealing with a ton of injuries, ton of injuries. Um, but the, the lead dog right now is the Seahawks. I do kind of see the Rams winning this division, man. I know I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, but the way that Seattle has no defense, none. I mean, like, their defense is just as bad as the Cowboys' defense. The only difference is they make timely plays. You know, they got a Bobby Wagner that can make a play for them. Like, the Cowboys don't Cleveland's have those. Cleveland's been in that boat, too. They yeah. make timely plays. They're timely not playing plays. good defense, but they've been making those timely plays that matter. Every team, how about this? Every team in the NFC West, their point differential is all on the positive. Every mm. team has scored more than they've actually given up. And I was looking at that, too. Seattle, they've given up 109 points on the season. They're actually plus 33 on the year. The Rams, they're plus 26. They've only given up 80 points total in four games. But they've, you know, scored 106. 98 points has been the total, the point total for the Cardinals. They've given up 92, so they're plus six. And then how about this one? The Niners, plus 36 on the year. Mm. Uh, that defense, they've scored 107. They've, you know, held teams to 71 four weeks in. So even with all the injuries, that team, they're not as sharp defensively. Nick right. Bosa being out, that, that's brutal uh, as far as that's concerned. All right, let's go to the NFC North. The Packers will be in action coming up later on tonight. They have the Falcons out of the NFC South. But the NFC NFC North, the Packers are better than we thought. I thought this was going to be, I, I, if I had to guess, I would have envisioned the Packers having a slower start based on all the, the talk about them coming in, all the talk about Aaron Rodgers being washed up, that they drafted Jordan Love because they apparently see something behind the scenes that we don't, and that they were ready to move on. You know, they drafted Jordan Love. He might be the quarterback of the future, but right now it's all about what can you do for me now. This defense is really good right now. This offense is really good. Devontae Adams is out tonight. They haven't even had a full arsenal yet for, for Aaron Rodgers. And yet, here they are. This is a team that has scored 122 points on the season. They've held teams to 85. They're plus 37 on the point differential. The Bears, though, are they're, if we're talking contenders, pretenders, they're a big-time pretender at 3-1. and one, But wins are tough to come by in the NFL, so you got to give them credit for that. But again, you're never going to convince people that you are a contender at 3-0 and when you make a quarterback change. Right. Not due to injury. You made a quarterback, so I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not high on this division at all. The Lions are bad. Patricia, I'll be surprised if he lasts the entire season as the head coach of the Lions. And the Vikings are underachieving greatly. You lose Stephon Diggs, and most importantly, someone sent this in earlier. I think we're starting to realize just how good Kevin Stefanski really is as an offensive coordinator. Because you look at how Cleveland's totally turned things around in four games, in four weeks, in one month. 
it's been the opposite effect right. ever since he left. I don't know if it's more of a lack of a Stefan Diggs, lack of a Stefanski, but it's definitely a grouping of both. Why the why the, the twins? Sorry, still got baseball. <laughs> why the Vikings are still struggling the way that they are? Yeah, they're turning around a little bit. Uh, last week they lost. But they put up 31 points this week. They finally got their first win of the season. They really started getting that balance back in their offense with running and passing the ball. But, you know, I was this close. I was very close. I was basically one win away last uh, yesterday from calling the Bears my surprise team of the year. But they took a major step back. I mean, yes, Nick Folds, he's a Super Bowl MVP. He led Philadelphia to the Super Bowl and everything like that. But he looked brutal yesterday. Um... So I'm surprised that they're still three and one, but it's all about Green Bay. It's all about Aaron Rodgers and the things that he's doing. I don't know if there's any truth to the mad Aaron Rodgers. This is why he's playing this way. Um, I don't know about that, but all I know is I really like it. I like the way he's playing football, and I like the way they're calling the game for him as well. It's not like how it was last year where they were really grinding the ball out there with Aaron Jones, and that's what made people think that Aaron Rodgers was done because they leaned so heavily on the run. But now it's both. They're getting big explosive plays in the running game and big passing plays too. So Aaron Rodgers is saying, I'm not done yet. Y'all may have a quarterback of the future, but I'm the quarterback of right now. Um, I'm waiting to see this come across my screen. Someone just messaged in Kyle McGuire on Facebook. says, Bill O'Brien just got fired. We'll keep an eye on that. That's big time in Houston if that is the case. Uh, Kyle, thank you for that. If you have a link, uh, send that to me. I'm trying to find it now. It's not on ESPN yet, but I'm pretty sure, as always, it's on Twitter uh, (laughs) is where that is. Uh, Kyle, thank you uh, for that note during the show. Again, we're live on Facebook. Leave comments in the comments section. We could pull it in. Ron Howard says the Falcons have won leads multiple times uh, this season in, in quite a few games absolutely uh that has happened in multiple games in fact the, the one that's most notable is of course the the cowboys game um you know we're tight right what have we learned about these divisions four weeks in let's transition over now to the nfc south real quick real quick it's true uh it's being reported from bleacher report texans have fired head coach bill o'brien per multiple sources not only bill o'brien was the head coach but he had a lot of weight dealing with personnel moves a la deandre hopkins being traded Yep, and 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 David Kendrick, he's sending in the link too. And Kyle, I believed you. I just always like to at least see it, uh, you know, be made of it, just just to be sure. But Kyle, you could be my source now. I can say my, <laughs> source, my sources are correct that he has been fired. So there you go. Interest. It's not an interesting fire. He deserves to be fired more than most coaches because some coaches would love to have the opportunity and the power to construct their own roster. Most coaches just get to coach what their GM and what their team owners mm-hmm. give them. He had what many coaches would kill for in the NFL, and that's the the basically full Shop power. Yeah, uh, like uh, what's who said that? Bill Parcells used yep. to say that. Let me shop for the groceries. I'm coaching them. Yeah, you want me to? You know, you're going to judge my meal off of what you know the generic stuff or the real stuff. You know, and you know, you look at everything that he's lost. Uh, I mean, you lose Jadavion Clowney. You lose Hopkins. If you want to move on from guys like that. You better at least have a backup plan, and you've lost two of the biggest stars in football the last couple of years. You've replaced them with nobody, and you're 0-4 to start. This He deserves to be fired as far as that's concerned. Deshaun Watson, at least the, the Texans have him moving forward. All right, let's finish up this trip around the NFC, uh, the NFC as far as that's concerned. The NFC South. All right, Tampa Buccaneers 3-1. and They're good. We figured they would be. There's a talented roster, even with Jameis Winston running the you know running the offense. You had an experienced quarterback in Tom Brady. I will say this, though. Tom Brady, we talked about how he was going to be way more efficient running this offense. We talked about Jameis Winston, ESPN's 
30 for 30. Uh, you know, they, you know, look how good that offense was through everything that they did, but it was the turnovers that killed them. It was the turnovers that were going to be the big deal. Tom Brady has four interceptions <laughs> and quite a few pick sixes. Yeah. Um, and Tom Brady also has 11 touchdowns to go with those four interceptions. He's not going to throw 30 interceptions like we saw from Jameis Winston, but he's definitely not as efficient as we thought he was going to be. It's a good offensive line. He has good weapons, good run game. Yeah, he, those things will He'll have be to be fine. cleaned up. He'll be fine. At 16 uh, interceptions, he's on pace for for the year. <laughs> and a year where he only threw, I believe, eight total last year, four or six total last year. He already has four now. So keep that in mind. Ron, your boy needs to clean it up because Ron's all about Tom Brady. But, Ron, how about that? Baker Mayfield's been more efficient as far as turning the ball. He didn't turn the ball, the ball over in three games. I bet you that's uh, eating Ron up right now. Uh, look at the NFC uh, real quick as we as we close this out. That division's interesting. It's Tom Brady's, right? I mean, Drew Brees has taken a major step back, and I think we all, I mean, we figured that they were going to be the favorite regardless, but mm-hmm. I, th- I think the Buccaneers are fine under that division. Atlanta has disappointed me the most. I thought this would be the best division in football because you look at Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and you look at Tom Brady, you know, they bring him over there, look at all the weapons he has, and, you know, they go and add Leonard Fournette. And then you had the trio in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, you had Julio Jones, and you go and you, and you, you add another top back in Gurley. I thought they were going to be the next big thing in that division too and it's just a two-man race at the top and the Buccaneers are starting to separate themselves as far as that's concerned yeah man you look everything that's going on in Atlanta you know I'm a big fan of getting rid of their coach and I don't really not that guy on the show that says fire the coach but Bill O'Brien be the first one gone I didn't think that was going to be I thought the Falcons coach was going to be up out of here I thought he's going to be gone but be it as may they have a game tonight First Green Bay. We'll see what happens. But you know something about Atlanta? It's always exciting. You know, if you're just a football fan, those are the games you want to watch because you know they're going to score a lot of points. And somehow in the fourth quarter, the other team's going to come back. So if you're just there for entertainment value, Atlanta Falcons are the game to watch. Who's your team out of the NFC to get to the Super Bowl? Out of the NFC, it's still... I'm Tampa's not in my top two or three. They're not? No. I have a surprise team in the top two or three. That many people are going to eat me up for. But for one, Seattle and the Rams. Yeah. I'm more comfortable with them right now than I am. I'm more comfortable. I'm going to say Seattle because I just believe in Russell Wilson that much. But if I'm going to say who has the better team, like offense and defense, I think it is the Rams. And I'm blown away that I'm saying that because. We both thought that was crazy coming yes. in. Uh, and if the San Francisco 49ers were healthy, yes. I, I would feel safer betting on them to get to the Super Bowl before Tampa. I will put Tampa Bay third, though. I'll put Tampa Bay third. Real quick, these teams. If you had to pick, if San Fran's healthy with Nick Bosa, which in fact takes San Fran out because they're not part of this. Right. Ram, if, who has a better chance to get to the Super Bowl, Buccaneers or Rams? Rams. Buccaneers or Seahawks? Seahawks. We're two for two. I agree with you. Buccaneers. Or the Saints? Buccaneers. Okay, I agree with you on that one. Buccaneers or Packers? I'm saying the Packers. Packers. There's three teams in the division that I would pick to get to the Super Bowl before Tampa. And I'm telling you right now, are you ready for this? This one's going to be the craziest hot take of them all. Uh Uh-oh. If the Cowboys make a move (laughs) defensively, I'm telling you, if the Cowboys just improve that defense slightly, they're the best offense in that division. I can't, that, I can't do it. NFC. I can't do it. And is I can't do it. I can't go with the Cowboys. Like that is a sieve, bruh. 
Defensively, they're bad. <laughs> Everyone's bad right now defensively. They're I worse mean, than usual. I'm not going to – but I'm just telling you. They they fine-tune it and tweak it just a tad. They go get Earl Thomas. They make a trade – you know, and Jerry Jones always does. He Jerry Jones will not leave this roster untouched by the deadline. If the defense gets fine-tuned just a bit, I would pick the Cowboys. I'm, I'm more a fan of the Cowboys to get there than I am the Buccaneers at this point. Just because of the offense. offense. Because of the offense. Right now, the way it's constructed, no way in hell. And it's funny I say that. I mean, David Shell says no way in hell. The at, offense is legit. Why are people arguing At the this defense? rate, Dak is going to throw for like 6,000 yards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's going to break every record in the book this year. Because that defense is a leaking sieve, dog. All right, so there we go. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Hour three, technically. Next, don't go anywhere. We'll be back. <laughs> NFL fans, the season is finally here. Touchdown! Get your picks submitted at wingam.com. The Justin Kinner Show, live here on ESPN Dayton. Everybody, welcome back. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here on a Monday. I hope all of you had a great weekend. Browns fans, Bengals fans, everyone should be in a great mood today. We should all be feeling really good about our Ohio teams right now. It's not too often we get to say that. Both teams coming away with the W. We're going to get into some high school football discussion here in a moment. We wrapped up our regular season on Friday for our ESPN Dayton Game of the Week. How about the Northmont Wayne game? Uh, Wayne was up big in that. And, and, you know, Cade Rice, the quarterback for Northmont, too. I'm really bummed we didn't get a chance to watch this kid play. Uh, have you seen any? You have, have not. You're not. I have not. Uh, it's been tough to get tickets to a lot of these, of course, with family members and stuff and all that. But, man, I tell you, but Cam Fanchard Wayne, I love watching that kid play. Uh, he's one of my favorites. I'll, you know, obviously, uh, Chase Harrison from Centerville over here, the quarterback play. Uh, and just, I mean, we've been working closely with the G-Walk, which I appreciate our partnership with those guys. But, man, the quarterback play in the Miami Valley, just with under the G-Walk umbrella alone, I've seen some great quarterbacks play this year, and I haven't even been fortunate enough to watch Cade Rice out of Northmont. For those who have or have seen him play in the past, again, I, I'm i jealous. I'm jealous. But uh, come from behind win against Wayne this past Friday night. And that was like one of the biggest games in the Miami Valley that night, and that, that did not disappoint. Wayne has played in so many big games. I'm really ticked <laughs> off that they have to play Centerville in the first game, first round of the playoffs coming up. Like, like that's wrong. Um, you know, uh, David Shaw says Wayne had done to them as Wayne did to Centerville. Yeah, like... That, that Wayne Centerville game from a few weeks ago was fantastic. An overtime game, and Cam Fancher threw the perfect pass to the corner. Um, and it was under, like the way he throws the ball is just fun to watch. And, and Cade Rice is the same way. The quarterback play around here, not the Smoot kid from Springfield. Right. Um, looking forward to you know watching them in the playoffs come up this weekend. We have all the playoff matchups. We're going to be highlighting those coming up here more. We, we lightly touched on them on Friday on the way out, but. I tell you, I'm really excited about the high school football scene. I'm not a big fan. Look, for one year, I can, I love the fact that everyone's in the playoff for one year. Yeah. I don't want this moving forward, um, but there's a lot of exciting and fun matchups moving forward. Trotwood, who didn't even think they would have a high school football season at all. Um, they get a late start. They're a couple games in. They're in the playoffs. They have a first round bye. They're, you know, they'll play here. They'll play their playoff game here in a, in a few weeks. So very cool. I'm excited about all of that. Uh, as far as that's concerned, Centerville and Wayne will be on Spectrum TV, so that is the fun part nice. about that on Friday, uh, as far as that is concerned. Uh, let's go to the phone. So, uh, four five seven nine four six four. we got Ron. Ron, what is up? How are you? Hey, man, uh, we, we really can't cut each other down. We're both on top of the, well, three and one, you know what I mean? And I really can't believe that we're already got four games in the se- a quarter, you know? 
Uh, there's a lot of roadblocks that could have led to, I mean, you're seeing a couple roadblocks that have led to tonight's doubleheader on Monday Night Football. The the Titans and the Steelers both had a, their bye week moved up dramatically. Uh, but you're right, there's so many things going on. But yeah, it, it, I am glad that we are a month into the season. All the issues that are going on right now, I think the NFL could work around them, work with them, and, and get things taken care of. Baseball, we thought they were going to pull the plug on it the first weekend of the season. And uh, we saw how those teams handled that outbreak. In fact, the Marlins are in the playoffs still. So how about that? Hmm. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the Marlins, every time they made the playoffs, they made a World Series appearance. Every time they made the playoffs, they've won a World Series. How about that? Exactly. So there you go. Exactly. Well, what I wanted to tell you was, uh, you know, I don't. I'm, the Browns look really, really strong right now, and you done lost your one-two punt, one of your one and two punts of your running game. I know that the Johnson kid looked pretty good, but. What was he on a fishing boat or something? He had a part-time job or something. Yeah, fishing. But, I mean, just not even a few weeks ago, and he gets a call, and the next thing you know, not only is he you know third, fourth-string guy, but he's getting now second-string carries, and that's going to be the case for the next month as uh, Dick Chubb's out for at least six weeks. Well, here's my thing about your Browns. Okay, I'm not going to dog them because I mean, I have well, no you can't, it's kind of hard to dog three and one there. Exactly, I have no reason, but. How will they continue to keep playing if they keep winning? I mean, are they going to get too cocky? Are they? They've never had it. They've never played with a winning record. So, what's this team? How are they going to do? I mean, look. I think for one, you're going to get that typical one game at a time crap. The, the bottom line is they got winnable games moving forward. The Browns are actually in good shape moving forward. There's sure there's some tough games on there. There's no such thing as you know a schedule that doesn't have some kind of elite team on there. You still got two with Pittsburgh. You got another one with Baltimore. The Titans are around the corner. Their defense isn't as elite as it's been in years past. But um, the, the Browns have some some tough games coming up, and there's no such thing as gimmies. But there are winnable games coming up for the Browns. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. The, Stefanski is the biggest difference maker. The offensive line is the biggest difference maker going out and getting Conklin from Tennessee. And obviously they really hit a home run in the draft with the kid from Alabama. But right now it's Stefanski. He's the real MVP as far as that's concerned with the way he's coaching this team and the way he's gained the trust of these you know these players who have egos. He's got them to buy in. I think that's been the biggest key to the success here early on. I totally agree. I was going to say, um, you know, the Bucks struggled the first half of that game. They came back to make it a 10-point game by halftime. But did you know the Chargers had KC beat into the late third quarter, 17-9, and KC had to win in overtime against that team? So they're not that bad. Who? The Chargers. Uh, the, char- I, the Chargers, I mean, they're, very, they're a tweener team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I do believe that's why they also moved forward with Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback coming in is because I think they looked at the weapons around Tyrod and said, hey, we have, we have guys that we can maybe kind of – get lucky with. We have some talented pieces around. Uh, that's why they probably wanted the veteran quarterback at the beginning of the season. But we'll see. I don't think they're going to make any noise. But uh, they're, they're going to be a team that might sneak up on some teams throughout the year. I totally agree. And uh, So you think it's two a time yet? I mean, the Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's, he's, he's got zero touchdowns and multiple interceptions. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I don't even care if he had like a hundred touchdowns uh, because <laughs> the, the Fitzpatrick isn't is he's not the quarterback of the future. I have no clue why we do this game every year where bad team drafts elite quarterback out of college, bad team tries to be the smartest team in the room, and even though they're a bad team for a reason, try to act like they have control of the situation. Like, oh, we're we're going to start our veteran quarterback, we're going to ease our rookie in. You know, he doesn't have to play in year one, and then every time the plug gets pulled on that plan, and by week three or four, here he is. Now, going to be week five they have yet to name a starting quarterback and it's most likely going to be two going up against the Niners this week I believe it and uh like Thursday night my team's on the national stage and it's the first time Brady gets to meet Foles in a game where Foles beat him in the Super Bowl so I look for revenge you look for revenge huh (laughs) all right so Ron Right, your Bucks. I have three or four teams I feel more comfortable with getting to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Okay, I want to ask you this: If it came down to you being down at halftime that much, and then you come back and pull the game out, you think Mayfield could have done that? I don't know. Mayfield's not in the NFC, so I don't know what that has to do with this. Uh, or Hayfield, excuse me. <laughs> Hayfield, Mayfield, yeah. that don't matter. <laughs> All right, man. I just wanted to touch base. I, I can't really, like I said, I'm. It's good to see the Browns winning. You know, I, I watched the game, so I'm not a follower, but I'm a watcher. Okay. All uh, right. And they look, they look good. And but that defense, man, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta shut down some points, man. They can't. They go up against a, a good defensive team. They're going to be in trouble. All right, Ron. Good stuff. Good hearing from you. Take care. All right, bud. Adios. Yeah, so again, you look at the, the Dolphins situation. They have not announced yet who their starting quarterback is going to be this weekend. Why are, you, why are you stalling this out? Fitzpatrick's making it a little bit easier. He's not playing well. Fitzpatrick is who Fitzpatrick is. He's mm-hmm. a guy that if you don't have a quarterback, Fitzpatrick's the guy. You know, you, you go get Hoyer, that type of guy as well. There's a lot of quarterback. Nick Foles, those are those journeyman guys that have made names for themselves in the NFL. Uh, and when you don't have a guy, those are the guys you go get to kind of their bridge guys until, you, you know, Tyrod Taylor's fitting that mold a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a good or bad thing, there are those guys that have those labels in the NFL as far as that is concerned. But the thing is, I don't know what you're bridging right here. Uh, you got to find out what you have with Tua. You need to figure it out because that division right now, I mean, why this isn't moving a little bit quicker is beyond me. You were waiting for decades, the Dolphins organization was, for the Patriots to finally move on from Tom Brady. They finally do. And yet, and this, that's why it's disappointing what the Jets are doing. All these teams should have been preparing themselves for when Tom Brady left New England right. as he got towards the back end of his career. And some of these teams are acting, they're just as bad post-Tom Brady as when Tom Brady was there. It doesn't make any sense. They need to figure out a way to get two out there. It's been a month. Let's stop with this. whole. Every year we do this, Kev. We talk about these teams that have this big plan on the board. That we're going to let our rookie quarterback learn from the veteran for the season, and then we'll start him in year two. Stop. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work that way. It sounds good, but it never works out that way. I got nothing, man. You might be right on this to a situation. I mean, I'm a big uh, Fitzpatrick fan just because, you know, it's just always been a guy that you could count on, like, all right, man, our starter got hurt plug him in for a week or two but that's exactly what he is he's a week or two starter that can win you a game or two and to be perfectly honest if your backup quarterback can win you a game or two while your starter is out that's exactly what you want him to do so i think it might be time to go ahead and start to a 
I mean, are they waiting until the buys so then give them a little bit more prep time? Because we, to be perfectly honest, we're not privy to all the information. We just look at it from the results base and see what we see on the field. But we're not there at practice. For all we know, Tua might not know the playbook. So it could be a multiple of things or multiple reasons why they're not playing him yet. But it is getting late early for them. So they're going to need to start giving him some reps and everything like that. Davis says it worked. Uh, worked for Carson Palmer. I, I mean, it depends what your definition of worked is. I mean, if we're, I mean, look right now. And by the way, that was more back then too. Back then, I mean, we're talking ten plus years ago. Teams were more willing to be patient when they drafted a guy. Mm-hmm. But that's right now. And when, when did that stop in your mind? I want to say recently too. I, when did the contract money shift in the in the CBA? In the collective yeah. bargaining agreement. It was whatever the last CBA was that it shifted because they reworked the contracts of the rookie quarterbacks. Was to where it the Matthew Stafford, the last guy to get big money as a Because when, whenever that changed, that's when that was one of those where, because here's why, like when a bad team drafted a, rookie, a really good rookie quarterback, you had to, you know, they didn't always have the money to go get. I mean, it's very rare. How many times have we seen rookie quarterbacks get drafted and have elite weapons around them right away? Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I pick on the Bengals, let's be honest. You know how many rookie quarterbacks would have killed to come into the league and have a Tyler Boyd and a T. Higgins and an A.J. Green, even though A.J. Green hasn't been A.J. Green? How many times? I mean, look at Baker coming in. He had Tyler Boyd. He had weapons around him. There's not a, Back then, you didn't have rookies come into the league and have immediate weapons right off the bat. Now, the Bengals would have been in a better situation back then, too. They had weapons waiting for Carson Palmer when he came in. But, again, it was just a little bit different back then. But right now, teams aren't patient. It just doesn't work that way. When will it stop? When the teams, uh, when the teams, when the teams got more impatient? But I don't think that team. I think this was a smart. I think it's smart of teams. These players are bad. They're four years in college, three years in college. They're not dumb. They know how to play the position. Are they a finished product? No. But my thing is this: is you're looking at teams. Look at the Seahawks. What they did again. It's the same examples every time, but they're the mm-hmm. recent examples, and it, and it works that way. Teams are trying to win right away. The expectations for rookie quarterbacks are high. Right yeah. off the bat. Like this whole little, oh, we're going to ease you in. That that doesn't exist. It just does not exist anymore. That's uh, who it was. It was the... Uh, dang. Okay. So I, I want to say that Sam Bradford was the last guy to get that big payday. So I think it started with Cam Newton, where their the number one overall picks weren't like gazillionaires. Like I think that's where the slot money started in 2010. And I think that's been the best thing ever for the NFL. Because outside of the Patriots dynasty, the teams that are winning all the time now are the teams that are early in their rookie contracts with their quarterback. Like, that's why the Browns are set up right now. But, Kevin, the Browns aren't set up for a long-term success. I mean, sure, they have guys under contract long-term, but eventually they're going to have to start filling the gaps with the other positions. But right. they're not because of all the money invested into Odell and Miles Garrett. And, of course, they're going to have to, you know, if they keep winning with Baker. I mean, hell, Tannehill got good-ass money. Uh, and if Baker keeps on the trend that he's on, he's going to get that kind of money as far as that's concerned. Now, it's been four games and the up-and-down roller coaster career of Baker Mayfield, so we'll see. <laughs> As far as that goes. All right. Earlier today, Keith Byers uh, was able to catch up with a former Browns running back. We'll talk about that when we come back. It was Leroy Hurd, uh, Hurd I'm sorry, who joined the show to talk about the Browns' recent uh, hot start to the season. They also talked a little Joe Burrow and the Bengals' success. So we'll get to all of that. So a little bit of that interview coming your way. Don't go anywhere. Need a U.S. passport? We can help. Hi.
Buckeyes, home of the Ohio State Buckeyes, 1410 ESPN Radio. Welcome back, welcome back. You're listening to the Keith Fires Radio Show. Phone number to call if you have any questions, comments, or concerns is 937-457-9464. Or you can hit me on Twitter also, KAB41. Or you just go live on Facebook and you can see my, uh, I, got a, I got a voice for radio, but a face for television. So you can see all that right also. But, hey, I got one of my friends, one of my good friends, a good buddy of mine, uh, former uh, Cleveland Brown. I won't even talk about what college you get to. I'll let him say hey, that. Man. I'll uh, let him hey, say I was that. about to hang up. <laughs> I was about to hang up with that damn uh, Ohio State commer- uh, commercial and promo and all this. I'm like, what is he doing? I made me? sure they played that just because you guys don't know. He went to that school up north. Y'all know the directions how to get there. North till you smell it and west till you step in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where he went to. But right. I got Leroy Horde. Rose Bowl MVP, Cleveland Brown, Minnesota Viking, great, uh, great golfer, good friend. But we're going to talk about the Browns, Leroy. What do you want to talk about? This is the best hey. offensive game all, I've seen out of the Browns um, in, in some years. <laughs> I said offensive you, you, game. You know what it is? They have the most weapons that they've had in a very long time. And it's just a matter of putting it all together and, and letting everybody – be able to flourish uh, the best way they can to help the team win. Um, sometimes when you get a quarterback that has some success, some success, you feel that the quarterback has to win the game for you. And so the first couple of weeks, you know, it's almost like they're trying to, okay, let's do this with Baker, let's do this with Baker, let's do this with Baker. And I'm like, hold on, man, you got the best running tandem in the league. Yeah. And Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Okay, why are you setting the tone with them? And then let Baker flourish. Because with an eight-man box, he's got an open field to throw the football. They started doing that. Leroy, you're, 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 you seem to be echoing what I said before the season started for the Cleveland Browns. They have right. to get an identity. And their identity should be the running game. <laughs> you know, run. Why wouldn't you? You just had a running back run for 15, 1,600 yards. Why wouldn't you? It's not like we trying to guess or hope or wish that they can have a running game. They have a running game, one of the best running games in the league. So guess what? You know, look, let's not let's not be surprised about this or shocked. How did Tennessee get to the AFC Championship game last year? <laughs> exactly. Okay. They rode Derrick Henry almost to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, and guess who got the big time contract? The quarterback. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Like, win the games the way you win the games. And that's you you right on point with that. Get your identity. And everybody's identity is not going to be the quarterback. Everybody's not going to be uh, Patrick Mahomes or, or Aaron Rodgers. Or everybody's not going to. Or Russell know. Wilson. Where right, Russell just wins right. the game. I mean, this is the second week in a row Baker Mayfield hasn't thrown for 200 yards. And guess what? Nobody's complaining because they're winning. (laughs) Right. They score, wait, 40. Now, I'm going to go out on the limb. I've been around football long enough. I'm going to go out on the limb and say, I don't know too many teams who had a quarterback score, uh, a team score 49 points in their quarterback who played a whole game only throw for 165. Yeah, I I think (laughs) I think you win a lot of money on that bet. Yeah. You, you'd win, yes. Because usually the quarterback's thrown for 300-plus with those kind right. of numbers. 
Right. You could be Dak. You could be Dak Prescott through 500. He yeah. got thumped. He got, got whipped. <laughs> that's what the analytic guys. The victory. Right. You know, that's what that is for. You know, and also when when I'm talking about getting identity, that's come, that comes from leadership and just telling guys you have to accept your role to be successful. You know, I thought Odell Beckham played his best game as a Cleveland Brown <laughs> ever. And that's, right. I don't even care he had three touchdowns. But it wasn't like they were forcing him the ball to make sure he's happy. You know, he had five he catches for 180 right. yards. I mean, five catches for 81 yards, two touchdowns, two carries for 73 yards, plus a 50-yard touchdown. Hey, you can make an impact without having to always, you know, just always in the first half and we want to throw in the ball to Odell twice. Don't worry about that. Just be you know, a part of moving the chains and let's win the game. Right. Here's what I said about the Browns um, the last couple of years. It almost looked like in the first half, we're going to force feed Jarvis. And then in the second half, we're going to force feed Odell. Right? They didn't have like a offense that created offense and whoever was open got open. Right? Right. Now you added players like Njoku, uh, I think he's still banged up. Um, you have players like Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, right? You can't play that style of football because you have far too many weapons to just cornhole yourself into one player or two players. And, and so it should be easier, and the Browns made it harder. But I'm going to say this. With no preseason and a new coach, I'm at least going to give Kevin Stefanski an opportunity to show that, hey, wait a minute, man, I know what's going on. Give me some minute. We ain't have no preseason. I couldn't try all this stuff out on another team. I got to do it on the run. And so it seems as if, though, each week they have progressed in the offense, progressed, progressed to that. Now um, they're doing a whole lot of different things that are getting their playmakers to football. Well, you know, because I've always been an advocate for years saying the month of September is bad football in the NFL. Because they don't play preseason, and the first four games is, you know, just trying to figure out who you are. And if you can play those first four games and be 3-1 and one or 2-2 two and two or even 4-0, and oh, hey, you're, you're ahead of the curve. And if you're 1-3 and three or 0-4 oh, oh, oh or 1-, and you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, just don't panic. And the Browns are off to that three and one start, their best start, you know, since two thousand and one. Um, I was going to say since right. you was there, but you know, now you talk about it during all season, man. We got to start fast this year. Well, you started fast, and now the next thing right. is the next four games because you're going to be at the halfway point after the next four games. So the first four games are out of their their history now. Now you're back right. to zero zero. Now can we go three and one again or four and zero? Oh? <laughs> you right. know, at the worst, two and two, and you'll be at, well, you know in a good position for the playoffs. Just keep improving. Um, just just get better. I'll be interested to see because um, the Browns do have one of the easier schedules in the National Football League this year. Well, we don't but know I'll that. We think not, not not as of yet. Not right. as of yet. But but but. Because um, people are looking at the Browns so, saying, oh, that's a W, that's a W. <laughs> now the Browns right. are doing that. The, 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 three, the three teams that they, they beat are on the bottom of the list as far as NFL teams. But I will say this. I said after the, the Baltimore game, give them some time to grow. Give the coaching staff time to improve. And then when we get uh, 
back to Baltimore. We get to Pittsburgh. When you get to those teams, let's see how they compete against them. And then you'll be able to have make a, a good assessment of where that team is and where they need to go. Because, you know, I know they scored 49, but let, let's, let's be fair. They gave up 500-plus <laughs> yards and gave up 38. And, and gave up, what, 24 points in the fourth quarter? Yeah. So, so there's something there. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't pay too much attention to it because a win is a win. And when you're up that big, you kind of, you know, you just don't want to give up a bunch of big plays. But uh, let's pay attention to that because keep in mind, their defense was something they hung their hat on over the past couple of years. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's been, you know, with, uh, by Miles Garrett has been, the, you know, the, the, the bell tower of that. But they got Denzel Ward back yesterday, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Like, uh, look, all you can do is, like you said, first four games, mission accomplished, right? Right. Move on to the next four. Let's see how much you are improving because the the playoff contenders, the championship contenders, all right, they keep improving into where when you get to December, you're playing your best football, wherever that might, that may be. Your best football may not be able to win a championship, but you are playing your best and most consistent football. Exactly. That's right? who you really are. If you, that's what playoff right. teams are. <laughs> that's right. what they do. Right. Now, if you get to week six and it kind of levels out and you play the same football from there on to the you can still be a playoff team, but you're not a contender. I agree. Okay? I agree. The Browns just need the Browns. All they need to do is... Keep improving and, and just and just know this, right? As long as everybody's satisfied with the win and not their numbers, right? And as long as Baker Mayfield right. is like, I don't care. We score 49 points. I don't care. I threw for 165. There's going to come a time, and it comes every season. Your well, that's leadership, what you're, what you're describing, Leroy. That's leadership. Uh -huh. that, that would be leadership out of Baker yeah. if that's the attitude he has. That would be showing yeah. leadership. I like the fact that this year, no talking. No talking. He's been business, uh, all business. Um, he put it on him. He said, look, man, I got to stop throwing, giving the ball to the other team. Now, he's had some help with, with the coaching staff. You know, they say, hey, man, you threw uh, 20 picks last year. Well, they fussed That's their jobs. Let's not stop putting them in these situations. <laughs> right. That's their jobs. Stop putting them in these situations and, and have them throw it. Hey, Leroy, I'm getting a text message from my cousin. You know him at the Friendship Cup. My cousin, Kenny, from Pittsburgh. Kenny. And, and he is. He said, y'all both know the Steelers are going to win the division. So so he can hear you. He's listening to the show. Uh, so feel free to, to reply to him. Look, <laughs> right, right now, I can't say he's wrong. But I would say I'm a firm believer that a team that went 14-2 and returned 91% of their roster is probably going to uh, get my vote right now in the Baltimore race. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's just, and they're the champs until proven otherwise. They're the division champs right. until and proven otherwise. You have to understand, this is the NFL. That doesn't happen. You return 91% of your team that went 14, 14. Not in the free agency area. That doesn't happen. Not exactly. You know, the roster turnover is close to 50% normally. Right. And, and so from, from that standpoint, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead on and go with Baltimore. I still, look, 
everybody likes Ben and everybody likes what Ben do. But as the season goes on, Ben takes a lot of hits. Let's see how he, he hangs on. How, let's see how he holds on because he's old and he don't have a body by Jake. <laughs> That's <laughs> he, he true. He don't have a body by Jake. That's but true. He, he is Cam Newton without the muscles. Well, last question I want to ask you, Leroy. We're a quarter, we're only one-fourth of the way in the NFL season. If you had to pick MVP, who do you have? Russell Wilson. Oh, okay. I, you, 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 must, you read my notes over there. That's no. what I have. <laughs> you, you know. Well, KB, when we have 700 conversations during the year about random sports, uh, <laughs> we probably go and <laughs> have the same thoughts. Yes, example. yes. Yes. Um, I would say there is no if I take Russell Wilson off of off of Seattle um, and put another court, there's a lot of teams that could succeed or maybe move on because they have a lot of support around them. You have to understand, Seattle don't have the Legion of Boom no more. No. They're outscoring teams now. Uh, there was a question go even play. He ended up playing and doing okay. But that team for the last couple of years has been put on the back of Russell Wilson. And all I can think of is remember everybody on defense was complaining about you gave all the money to him and not to us. <laughs> well, guess what? Now I see why. You see why now? You see why yeah. now? I mean, they made the playoffs last year, and they had the second-worst offense in the playoffs behind my Eagles. Right. <laughs> that team that was in yeah. the playoffs. Now, I know yeah. I said the last question, but I would also ask you this question. Before the season started, I had asked the question, the top five quarterbacks going into the season right now, who you have. I had, you know, and I said it's going to change in December, but I had Carson Wentz, I had Pat Mahomes, I had Deshaun Watson, I had Russell Wilson, and I had Aaron Rodgers. And so they're going to probably reshuffle that deck come December. So can I ask you off the top of your head, do you have who's your five going into no, the season before, no this, before game one? Top five. Yeah, no single order. It's top five. Yeah. Right. I would probably go uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson, um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm not putting Carson Wentz in there. Dude ain't never played a full season. I can't. He can't be in front of my top five. <laughs> that was before the right? season started. Yeah. Okay, but it's still. I, 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 even more so. But what he did last year, they, what, like I said, he was doing those smoke and yeah. mirrors with no receivers, and they still made the playoffs, and yeah. he was making plays yeah. anyway. Incredible. And if he'd had uh, Dallas's uh, weapons, they would have maybe been fighting for the Super Bowl with the, with the, with the right. Chiefs. I, I would tell you what, it, it's hard it's hard to take um, it's, I, I, it's hard to take Tom Brady off the list, right? Right. Simply because, like... I did. I took him off my list, list, but you can keep him on yours. He's 43 years old. Now, I... I but 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 if here, let's let's do it this way. If I put Tom Brady on any team in the NFL, is that team better? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so he's he's my he's in my top five. Um, and 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 I'm gonna uh, I'm trying to think who my my fifth guy is. You just like Deshaun uh, Watson. I I know, but, you know. but what about Josh I, Allen? In I Buffalo. Think before this year, he was a running back. <laughs> okay? Now, okay. Now, now, seeing what I see now. What about okay. uh, Jared Goff? No, no. I throw Jared Goff and, and Carson Wentz in the same 
but they got tremendous coaches with unbelievable schemes. They haven't shown me. Um, and Carson Wentz more than Jared Goff. But Jared Goff has not shown me. I'm going to roll the ball out to you, everybody. Here. Go win this one. Yeah, he's not that guy yet. Carson Wentz did that all of the end of last year. So I would give him a, 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 a leap. If I had to go between him or Deshaun Watson, I'm going Deshaun Watson. Because they are purposely doing everything they can for that man to not have success. And he's still having success. That's true. season is finally here. No, for real this time. ESPN 1410 Wing AM is Dayton's home of the Ohio. And everyone knows my feelings on Cowboys fans. But really, Justin Kenner, you're a Cowboys fan and a Browns fan? Good Lord have mercy. I don't know what the hell to do with y'all. I really don't. Back to the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Alright everybody, we are back. We have the Buckeye Roundtable coming up 6 o'clock. It'll be 6.02 on the dot when it'll start. So we're wrapping up here. Big news out of the NFL. We haven't had a lot of time to dive too much into it, but Bill O'Brien out. Uh, the Texans have fired their coach slash GM, so there's going to be a lot, uh, you know, positions there. Look for Dorsey, number former Brown, Browns general manager. Look for Dorsey to get involved over there. Mm. Wouldn't be, I mean, Dorsey started the Kansas City Chiefs initial dynasty built roster, and he's aggressive. He makes a lot, and uh, be able to tune in live, of course, uh, to previous episodes of the Justice.